everyone to episode two of TNA. An episode, I don't know what the hell episode of 60MW. <laughs> How about a theme tune, Amy? I love it. And thanks very much to your friend. Does he, is he one of your mates in Hollywood that he, 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 he did this tune like within sort of like 15 minutes and sent it to you? He, he wishes he was in Hollywood. Oh, I thought he was Hollywood. I, I reckon he talk, the reason I'm talking like this is because he, because he do be talking a bit like this, Andy. Actually, Andy is a bona fide rock star, the uh, songwriter and lead guitarist of uh, Tokyo Blade, which was part of the band originally were a bit of the new wave of British heavy metal, much loved by Metallica and Slayer, etc., etc., and now oh. one of Dave's best friends. So whenever we need a theme tune, I... <laughs> Hi, Andy, can you write me a theme tune? And he does. He's at well, Andy, I loved it. I oh, absolutely wow. love the theme tune. Thank you so much. It's very us, isn't it? Too? Yes, yes. He said he used a programme that was to do with thrillers and action and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got, it's yeah. great, though, isn't it? I mean, again, yes. yet again. We, I think we're the only ones that have got our own theme tune. And that's because we're the best. Of course. And we're Oops. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the second one that's calmed down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And already number one all over the world. <laughs> oh, so, almost. Amy, darling, how are yeah. you? How are you? Okay, okay, just up here on the Isle of Skye. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day today, and I'm just very much looking forward to talking about this film. Ooh, girls oh. aren't allowed to talk about this film. Yes, two ladies talking about action. It's a, it's a new day. It's a new dawn, <laughs> it's a new... I can't remember the words to that song. And I'm feeling Anyway, right. How are you today, my darling? Yeah, well, I've had a weird week uh, doing lots of things that are very stressful. And uh, yeah, it was up most of the night with palpitations and menopausal symptoms. Yep. It's great being a woman. <laughs> Yeah, that on top of nerves and everything. Yeah, we both didn't sleep well, did we, darling, no. last night? It wasn't no. fun. But no. anyway, we shall use all that um, exasperated energy up in a positive way for this podcast. <laughs> all right, then. I don't even know where that came from. No, I don't. It was good, though. I believe you. <laughs> I, I do. So I thought it would be interesting, because we're both such big film fans, to yeah. just very briefly, because it's been... Uh, a month since we last talked, when we spoke about that amazing film that we talked oh, fucking hell, <laughs> that that gem of cinematic excellence that we watched last time. I can't even remember what it's called. Let's not mention it. Um, so I thought it would shades. be <laughs> Fifty Shades of Shite. Shit. Aye. 
just to talk about, very briefly, pick one film we really liked and one film we really hated. So, Amy, what film did you really like that you've watched in the last month? Well, I've seen a few bits and pieces, but I think the, um, because I'm a huge fan of... Um, Kristen, is it Kristen? Kirsten? No, Kristen Wiig. And the, the worst film, I have mm. to say, I've seen lately has to be Josh Green. I think it's Josh Greenbaum's Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Um, he hasn't done a huge amount. He directed um, quite an entertaining oral history of the failed, is it Dana Carvey show called Too Funny to Fail? I think back in 2017, but I hasn't really, haven't really heard much of him. Anyway, so this... Uh, this is Christian Wiig and Annie, Annie Marmolo, who co-wrote the hit comedy Bridesmaids. The I've brilliant never heard comedy of her. Bridesmaids. I, I know, is it Kristen or Kirsten? It's Kristen Wiig, right. W-I-I-G, and Annie Marmolo. Yes, she, they've been best friends for years, yeah. apparently. And uh, yes, and, that, and they co-wrote Bridesmaids. Right. So they basically in this film, they play friends who leave their small west, uh, midwestern town for the first time for a vacation at a florida resort and it's basically a really disastrous comedy that would have been better cut down to like a 20 minute sketch show and also hiring uh, um, 50 shades of gray <laughs> jamie dornan as a potential love interest was also a massive mistake in my books as the man seems not to possess a single comedic bone in his body was he planking <laughs> it again was he a complete fucking plan what am i talking about okay you're like banging a- on about this film so i acquired it <laughs> I recommended it to you before I'd saw, before I'd seen the damn thing, and yeah. I felt awful about it because I turned it off halfway through. I didn't even get halfway through. Kristen Wiig was so annoyed, and they were tacking like that all the way through it, weren't they? Oh, Barb, oh, Marge, or whatever your name is, I've forgotten. It was, it was, they just, they, it would seem like a bit more of a, because I don't think Christian Wig ever really just like goes out for what sort of the studios expect of her. I think she very, very much has um, control over her material. And she just goes out and does whatever she wants because she's got a very crazy, off the wall, brilliant at times sense of humour, but this just did not work. It Mm. was more like a vanity project between two best mates and their characters were just irritating Be like they? They were irritating as hell what would we make a film about just like lying on a beach wouldn't we and shagging men no we wouldn't not the shagging bit just lying on the beach it's <laughs> <laughs> lying on the beach lying on the beach going for a swim and getting serviced i mean service yeah. from the bar <laughs> <laughs> yes excuse me um pablo i would like you to service me now. hey that sounds good Right, after we finish this, we're writing a script. Right then. Got All right. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. Yeah. That's so... the last you're going to hear from us. <laughs> okay, yeah, bye, everybody. <laughs> we're off bye. to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, On Your Recommendation, because normally we like the same sort of films. I watched, I think, mm. well, Dave watched it with me as well. We lasted 10 minutes and I said, I'm sick of this, turn it off, let's watch something good. And knowing it's, us, we didn't. It's a real shame. Yeah. It, it's just nothing more but a mindless sort of distraction. I was bitterly disappointed. Mm. So do you want to talk about your um, favourite film you've seen recently or worst? Or should I just go on to... Well, you, you tell us what the best film is that you saw then. 
Right. So I've actually rewatched recently okay. as it um, came out. The film came out last summer. Um, it's the actress turned director. I think it's Amy Simetz. She Dies Tomorrow, the film's called. Right. The screenplay actually came out of her experiences around telling other people about her anxieties. And it's basically an extraordinary film that just stuck with me. So basically the premise of this film is a woman's conviction that she will die tomorrow spreads like a contagion through a town so it starts it's it starts it stars uh caitlin shiel in a brilliant performance and jane adams remember jane adams from happiness yeah the indie movie yeah she's amazing so it's an eerie almost unclassifiable film about like creeping dread depression collective hysteria and basically what happens when despair goes viral and how these characters respond to it so it's not a you know a reassuring film in the slightest but it's a time but in a time basically where covid has spread worldwide it's chillingly relevant and you can watch it on netflix and it's absolute well it just stuck with me it's brilliant oh, so right. that's my so that, so that's a rewatch from me it's nothing from this year it came out last summer so have you so, got to be in uh, the right mood to watch it yeah it's 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 like a meditation on on anxiety how it affects us nothing is actually mentioned about anything that any kind of disease so to speak it's just it's just how people catch something mm. off each other it's it's a fear um it yes it's an it's a, it's a typical la based indie movie and right. i love la based indie movies mm, yeah. there's something quite magical about the backdrop of yeah. the city and and these and something always awful is happening just beyond the camera. Yeah. Um, oh, so right. if so, if you're a fan of like it, you know indie LA based sort of horror films, this is definitely you know hugely recommended. Right. Perhaps at some point in the next ten years, Dave will let me watch it. <laughs> It's on Netflix. It, oh. It's so easily. Oh yes, and if you want to watch the uh, Christian Week vehicle, it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> but don't, 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 don't do, do it. it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. Shy. Uh, well, my best film is a film I know that you've seen. You saw it before me, and I had to review it for Sixty MW. And Dave is going to find out over the weekend if he can interview the director and star of this film kyle galner uh this would be amazing it would be amazing uh and the film's dinner in america uh how do how do i explain see i i could reel off you know the director is but i didn't write it down <laughs> this is professional uh all i can say about dinner in america is sometimes you watch a film and it, even though you don't recognize any of the characters or the place that they live, or what's happening, something in it just makes your heart bloom. And yeah. the reason this film really... I, I I watch, as do you, so many films. Mm. I forget what happens in them. I forget who stars in it. I forget the actors' names. I remember every single little bit of this film mm. because I liked it so much. Because it tells the story of, of a girl who's basically she's special needs. She's on the spectrum at some point. Mm. They don't make a fuss about it. And normally the the main 
sort of lead, male lead in it, he'd just totally take the piss out of her uh, or take the piss out of her, shagger, user, cast her aside. And the big thing about yeah. this is you fall, they fall in love. And it's just, I just absolutely, it sounds really sloppy, doesn't it? But no, I just it doesn't. Loved it's heart it. exploding material. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, the acting in it is great. And Kyle Gallner, the the guy who who plays the main part, um, John was it John Q? His name. He's in a punk band. He's in a punk band. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's just fucking amazing. And he, I followed him on Instagram. Uh. <laughs> All right, then. I stalk him on Instagram. And all his Instagram is, he lives in a forest somewhere and chops trees down with his little boy. And I just, I'm in love with him. I love him, Amy. I love him. I think he's incredible. <laughs> this is the this is the actor you're talking about, yeah. right? Not the director. Yeah, yeah the actor, he's, the actor. He, he had, he's just got this wonderful, um, almost, I think I said to you before, he's almost got this James Dean yeah. brood, brooding yeah. quality yeah. to him. Yeah. And and uh, the girl in it, apparently, they're, 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 they're the young lady in it, <laughs> they are, they're apparently really good friends in, right. in real life. And right. it shows how yeah. they just obviously ping, ping-ponged off each other yeah. on set. Yeah. It was a beautifully made film. Yeah. As you said, no judgment, mm. no judgments made. It was very yeah. subversive yeah. in the fact that how it treated both the characters yeah. and and how he brings out he galvanizes her he brings out a sort of yeah. freedom to her well, character I, and they almost save each other i don't i ca- actually can't remember seeing a film that's a love story as well where the the main female character um ha- has sexual feelings and masturbates Sends the pictures to him in prison. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and they, before. They, 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 oh, oh, sorry, I can't call up because we're going to end up giving everything away. <laughs> but, but it's so important that she listens to guys... his songs, and just as the song's about to end, she throws herself on the bed as a wank and takes a Polaroid of herself as she's orgasming. Yep. <laughs> yes, puts it in an envelope. Yes. And sends it. That's epic. I'm going to do that. It, Who it, shall I do it to? Who shall I send my orgasm pictures to? <laughs> Maybe Arnie after we've talked about it. So, so my worst film was we had um, in these COVIDy times. I actually allowed somebody to come to my house, <laughs> and it was Tom who does the Decade of Decadence shows with Dave. Uh-huh. I mean, I hardly saw him because him and Dave were out buying secondhand LPs and you know annoying old ladies in the park all that shit that men do that, that we oh, don't actually know you know just have to. hanging around and being smelly mainly uh so tom <laughs> tom came and, and i knew that it would be a weekend of shit films i knew it so tom tom has a similar taste in films to me like we're big david lynch fans you know and tom groans at the films that dave picks so i said it's okay one condition is you're down here this weekend, Tom. We have to watch Streets of Fire because me and Tom and Dave, we love that film. We yep. love it. So we ended up watching, oh God, Hysteria, the Death Leopard story. Oh, dear God. That wasn't the worst one of the weekend. And then we watched, this is Dave's choice. And you know how infamous Dave is for picking. I mean, it's beyond shit. The films that he picks. <laughs> Fuck me. Some of the films he 
oh my god i can't even begin to explain just how you know you watch a film and you think this is so bad it's good ha 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 it's funny you know like not even so, like not even no. so bad it's good just it, just hell on earth yeah yeah so bad. this film was called lethal ninja and i'll just leave that there because i thought nothing <laughs> i thought nothing would top that after this weekend until the night before last when we had and Isabel from Fabulous Films, it's if you ever hear this, Isabel, I'm so sorry. But we had to watch a Michael Caine's Blame It on Rio. <gasps> I remember seeing that film years. Oh, sorry, voice getting very high. <laughs> I saw that film years ago, but when, when I was a kid and kind of yeah. loved it. But obviously, as time goes by, you just think, oh, oh my Amy. God. <laughs> it's so wrong they keep it's talking so about their age difference and dave worked out that he was he was 43 he looked 78 and she was 15 and he was fucking her fucking her everywhere fucking her on the beach fucking her. this is his best friends all the it's men so are going what was the film called what was it it was called blame it on rio rio it was disturbing so that is my worst film of the month. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you can't blame everything on Woody Allen, can you? Oh! <laughs> Boom! There's too much fiddling going on <laughs> with the youngsters. No, no, I remember that film. No, it terrible. Absolutely I awful. Kid, I, I quite enjoyed it. I have no idea why. Anyway. Now, Amy, this is it now. We're going to take off into the world of the jungle. Shall we listen Ooh. to the trailer? Yes, please. Okay. We are a rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jen. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now. What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took it. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He will skin the lion! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all going to die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere.
you know, I'd I'd li- I'd hear that j- without seeing the pictures. I'd hear that and I'd just go, <laughs> that sounds like shit. But then with the pictures, yeah, yeah. With the pictures, you go, holy fuck, this is going to be the best film ever. And it, and what it a is. trailer! It's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> so before we start talking about it, I'm just going to read the synopsis. <clears throat> so oh. this is from Google. Dutch. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh-huh. <laughs> a soldier of fortune, <laughs> is hired by the US government to secretly rescue a group of politicians trapped in Guatemala. But when Dutch and his team, which includes weapons expert Blaine, J.C. Ventura, <laughs> and CIA agent George Apollo Creed, sorry, I mean Carl Weathers, <laughs> Carl Weathers, <laughs> Apollo Creed. He's Apollo Creed. Land in Central America. Something is gravely wrong. After finding a string of dead bodies, the crew discovers that they are being hunted by a brutal creature with superhuman strength and the ability to disappear into the surroundings. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so um, just again, you know, I think a lot of this will we will be talking in sort of fake German accents. But occasionally, <laughs> we will get Arnie. You do Arnie now. Do Arnie. I can't because I I, I, I suffer from nervousness. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Because Tina and I have been getting very excited about this. And, and now I feel like I've peaked, peaked too soon with doing the Arnie voice. But we'll get on with it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, oh, we've missed out. Yeah, go on. I won't was, talk. In an army voice, all the way through, just most of it, because I love him. So, so Predator, how many times have you seen Predator before we decided to take it on? I think I've seen it about four times. Is that through choice that you've thought, oh, fancy watching Predator? I was sneaked into the cinema to watch it with a friend of mine <gasps> um, in Leicester Square. Yes. So I would have been about, I don't know, 14, 15. And so, yeah, so I easily snuck in because I was a tall gal. Yeah. And uh, and I absolutely, yeah, I just loved, loved every it. minute of it. And it was yeah. basically the girl I went to school with. Her father was obsessed with all things Arnie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was just sort of like, let's bring yeah. the girls. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm sitting, and then having, you know, you and I having decided to uh, do a podcast on this, just watching it again the other day after years. And uh, I still think it's an absolute balls to the wall. Yeah. Fabulous film. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I can't, I mean, it has its moments, obviously, but that, um, I mean, we'll talk about it obviously later, but that Predator design. The costume, the, the you know the, the the kind of stories we can we can sort of think up around it, mm. um, yeah, just just an incredible film. So I'm glad we're sat here talking about it. It's got to be Predator along with other films such as Die Hard, Rocky, Rambo. It's got to yeah. be up there, isn't it, as one of the classic, all time classic action films. If not. The number one classic action film. I, a lot of people would argue with me there because I think you'd either be in the Predator camp as number one yeah. or Die Hard as number one, depending on what sort of action you like. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Die Hard was, was, I mean, just another... I think this was John McTiernan's first big directorial outing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and he'd go on to make Die Hard and then Die yeah. Hard 3... Yeah, um, yeah, and then the, and and he's made some. He, he did some pretty crappy ones. What was it? The Thomas Crown Affair and Rollable. Rollable. But uh, but he, I think they, they 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 he was a bit of a wild card at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I watch Predator with his commentary on. Uh, yeah, and he's a typical action director where. He doesn't talk about what's happening on the screen, but rather moments yeah. about money and who's double-crossed him a lot. But he's he's quite an interesting person. Uh, and again, you know, I I always know the gossip about about certain people. And uh, yeah, John McTierman, he he pleaded guilty to perjury and lying to an FBI investigator because right. he illegally wiretapped phone calls. And the way I read it, it sounds like one of the producers of Rollerball was shagging his ex-wife. And he was allegedly, ah. allegedly, I don't know if it's the truth, but you see, this is what I've read. Uh, and he actually went to prison for a year. Yes, he did some jail time, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you know, going back to Predator, so he, so he's like, he's an interesting character as well. Who's a bit of a ne'er do well. Um, he described the film before he made it that he wanted to be Rocky versus Alien. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and he he was a big fan of King Kong, so he wanted the Predator to make us, the audience, feel. Like the monster, the predator was King Kongish. Where he didn't expand on that, whether or not you were supposed to feel sympathy for it. Yeah, I, I would love to discuss that a bit later about, yeah, yeah. about about how wide open the film was in the in the end of the day to interpretation mm. about but because it's that there was a humanistic quality to the yeah. predator at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. It was a warrior. It was a soldier. Yeah. So we had we had to have some kind of um, it made us feel respect for mm. it, you know man versus not quite man. It was almost like an existential final sort of conflict, wasn't it? But. I don't, uh, I don't I don't think yes, you can so, say. I don't think you can say existential. Can I not say existential? No, it's I'm big, sorry. No, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna say existential, you have to wave a red flag first. I'm afraid because we weren't allowed to say COVID. We weren't allowed to mention COVID. We've only broken the second law. <laughs> COVID nineteen. No. No politics. No COVID. See, Dave will be. Dave will cut your wages. Oh dear! No, I'm totally no. I'm on the edge of my seat. Oh dear! Oh. Right, let's talk about Arnie. So this this was a time when Arnie's name was basically equated with box office gold, wasn't it? And he could do no wrong. Yeah. So it's yeah. He, he's basically at his tough guy best here with only sort of Terminator, I think, standing out in his filmography as perhaps, you know, a more appropriate role for him, simply because that the, you know, the, the role plays to his somewhat wooden acting ability. But How I thought he was still How dare you? How dare you say Arnie's wooden? I can't believe you said that. A little bit 
worked a little, a little bit. Well, it worked for Terminator. His woodenness, his, you know, not the greatest actor in the world, shall I say, but it worked so well for Terminator. The casting was brilliant. As a top, oh no, I can see t- Tina's face. She's not impressed. I can't believe you I said just he called was Arnie wooden. wooden. Haven't you? So wooden, so wooden is a fire risk. <laughs> What a cow! Fancy I love, saying no, that. I I love him. I yeah. love him. Well, love did you have you ever seen Pumping Iron? Was he wooden in that? Right. <laughs> right. I wah, wah. Hang on. Pumpkin up. Hang on. What was he wooden in? In that. It goes to the gym. It feels like coming. I'm coming in the gym. In. I'm coming. I'm coming in the gym. I'm coming inside and outside. What did he say? Equating gym, gym training to having sex. Just lots of coming. Just think if he never made that film, he would never have got noticed by Hollywood, though. And I think no. it's his personality, isn't it? Through through pumping out. Yeah. Because he is very charismatic. And yeah. even in in films like Predator, you look you look at him and you go, mm, "Hello," <laughs> or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Should we talk a little bit more about uh, John Tiernan before we um, before we carry on yeah. with the with the film? Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think about comparing Predator to Aliens? Then, do you think it's uh, as good as Aliens, or Aliens is a completely different film, or? Because that's what he was going for. That was the big film before this. Uh, I mean, I, I think everyone wants to sort of compare. I mean, the, the franchise went on, didn't it, with Alien versus Predator and this, that and the other, but as two separate films. I mean, they both take on that Vietnam yeah. sort of aesthetic. Like, you know, it was just uh, this time it was... Uh, Vietnam in space this time it's you know down in the jungle I think yeah. I mean everyone always wants to repair both those films those original films but uh it's hard because as I've, as I've done more and more research about Predator I've just found it to be still quite timeless and I, yeah. I, th- I think that, that and it was also the days before CGI oh well CGI was definitely in, in its infancy at that stage, yeah. and uh, the work that went in to the design, the costume, um, you know, same with Aliens. But I, but I would, I, I treat them both as totally, you know, separate films in yeah. their own, in their own right. I think a lot of people do too much comparison to both of them, and mm. they're, I think, they're just totally different in their yeah. own way, totally and agree I, with you. on their own merit. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Well, we'll just talk actually about what happens in the film and go through all the you know all the things that happen um because yeah it, it, because it does start in a really different way from other action films uh it opens yeah. with with an alien spacecraft and i think a lot of people forget this if they haven't seen predator yeah. recently uh it's an alien mm. spacecraft that seems to detach itself from a mothership and the small craft heads towards Earth. Um, yep. And the director said in the original script, they had a scene right at the beginning of the film where we see all the Predator trophies. So I don't know if you've seen Predator 2. 
Have you seen it? <laughs> I saw it in the cinema. Did you? Do you <laughs> so remember? I was really disappointed. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A lot of people actually prefer two to one, though. But um, there's a scene in Predator 2 where you see that trophy room. Don't know if you remember it. Yes, I, rem- I, I haven't remember seen this? it since the cinema. Yeah, so, yes. There's, a, there's an alien skull in there. And all these, <laughs> yes, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, I don't know if there's an ET skull in there. <laughs> <laughs> there possibly surprised. might be. Um, Shelf of atrocities. But then the predator music kicks in. Yeah, which is very manly and sounds sort of like, hmm, we're in a jungle. How do you play jungle music? And it just goes. I think it was Alan. I think it was Alan, yeah, Alan Silvestri, um, Silvestri, yes, that yeah. he did the film score and he was fresh off the hugely successful Back to the Future. Yeah. So he'd done the music for that film and he's, he's clearly borrowed um, a little from John Williams' work, yeah. you know, in the Star, Star Wars yeah. and Indiana Jones franchises, but he's all forgiven. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but the cinematography, I, th- I think it's like much less obvious, but because it's not quite showy, but I think his use of, uh, uh, you know, of the natural light of the jungle, along with the the film grain, you know, leaves the whole kind yeah. of film. Really, it's a it's a dirty guttural quality. I think throughout yeah. that entire yeah. film, it's filmed brilliantly. Yeah. So so yeah. it was it was sort of in and out of the jungle. It was part studio and part in the blazing heat of Mexico, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they they did it in. Um... Yeah, part of it was in Mexico, part of it was in the jungle, and then everybody took the piss out of it as well because huge swaths of the jungle scenes, half of the trees were brown, weren't they? And and lots of people said (laughs) to him, have you filmed this in somebody's back garden? And apparently he wasn't far away from somebody's back garden and they had to dig up a lot uh, and sort of try and plant trees and the trees died. There was, and then, yes, and there was one scene, I remember, I can't believe it, probably because I was watching it in HD, so you probably couldn't quite catch it back in the day, but there was a massive painted background <laughs> of a river going off, you know, into the distance. Not very well drawn at all, <laughs> next to some, like, real foliage going on in the forefront. I was like, that's someone who's just coming with a card with a painting of a river on it. Well, we get I'm to see a, a we get to see a beautiful sunset uh, behind a helicopter that lands in some faraway, very hot country. Uh, it turns yeah. out that it's Guatemala, supposedly Guatemala. And yeah. out of the helicopter jumps Bill Duke, who plays mm-hmm. Mac, Jesse Ventura, famous wrestler, who plays Blaine, the body, mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard Chavez, who plays Poncho. The amazing Shane Black, who plays yeah. Hawkins, Sonny Random, who plays yeah. Billy, and finally, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays Dutch. Uh, <laughs> so Dutch walks walks into a bar and he meets General Phillips, who's R.G. Armstrong. Uh, and McTiernan says on the commentary of the film that by, he, he was a massive R.G. Armstrong film. And he was way too old. He would have been retired from from the army for about 30 years. <laughs> but he loved him so much he had to plonk him back in. I love so, that. So we're getting ready for one of the most iconic scenes in the film uh, where Arnie spies Dylan 
who's played by Carl Weathers, the great Carl Weathers, who Dave has met and is a big really? bugger. He, yeah, Dave went to a Comic Con. He, you know, he's mad on Sly and collects everything he can to do with him. And a Comic Con just before the pandemic had Birgitta Nielsen and Carl Weathers there and he went and had his photo taken with them um yeah so he's met him I haven't met Carl Weathers but uh Carl Weathers is sitting in a corner and oh my god do you remember this scene where he says Dylan you son of a bitch and what do they do they have a bit of an arm wrestle yeah did yeah. you um? I, did you feel a bit excited in your pants when you saw those two big arms yes. wrestling? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because let's not forget, you know, it doesn't take a lot for you know the ultra masculine to turn ultra camp in these uh, in these. I mean, to- we've got Top Gun, of course, which yeah. has, reams have been written about, but not so much here. But this heady brew of the masculine. <laughs> And homoerotic is yeah, is first seen in the film when Dutch comes it comes across his old friend where they had I mean it's an epic display of biceps, isn't it? Absolutely. And very manly and very camp arm wrestle. Do you I think, do you I th- think at the time when it came out people picked up on oh here we go, homoeroticism? Or do you think no. they all went, Oh yeah, go on. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a, it's a whole new it's a whole new world with everyone picking up on homoeroticism in yeah. in uh, in sort of like big tough guy masculine yeah. sort of figures. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it, it never back in the day. No. Um, no. Were, were people picking up on that? It was just like men, men doing with men's sweat things who really fancy girls <laughs> and want to look so- in their pants. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's so obvious, isn't it? That, you know, that, that, uh, can I say the word phallocentric? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. The, the gleaming muscles clutching huge oh. guns, which is Oh, don't, me nipples have gone hard. <laughs> so basically, the camera literally relishes and luxuriates oh, yeah. upon the male cast oh. throughout this film. It's just, yes, and lots of, yeah, gleaming muscles clutching their big... Big weaponry. Yeah. So basically... Sorry, what I was going to say was just quickly, it's going back to like the first half of Aliens, like I was saying before, Mm. in 1986 Aliens, and like Cameras film, this is like a rampant sort of machismo, and they eventually get a major smackdown from an otherworldly source. It's, it's It's like defeating... You know all these all these patriarchal men. It's sort of like, nah, you're not going to get away with it this time. There's something else coming to catch you. So yeah, so that yeah. that was similar, I guess, to aliens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, we have to mention where he says, "What's the matter, Dylan? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils." Which to me is like, you know, they're sort of holding each other's hands, having an arm wrestle. And then he's mentioning small pencils. It's almost like these two massive penises that are very powerfully erect. And, you know, it's... Dick measuring contest, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So should we talk about Cal Weathers for a second uh, before we (laughs) carry on with the story? Uh, Cal Weathers... Oh, big Apollo Creed fan then, are you, Amy? Not really. 
could you? This is going downhill fast. It's going, oh dear, it went dark quick. No, no, come on, you you tell me about your Apollo Creed stories. <laughs> I, I actually, well, see, Dave, if Dave was here, he would tell us his Apollo Creed story. And he hadn't got a story for me. It was a case of, he, he got a, a massive Brigitte Nielsen story and how oh. wonderful she was and really lovely with everybody. But Carl Weathers was a, hey, dude, <laughs> he was a bloke. <laughs> Slap on the back. No, nothing to tell here, nothing to see. Just take my picture. Fuck off. Next. <laughs> yeah, so so by the time this film was made, uh, Carl Weathers was already um, established as Apollo Creed. Had he, He'd already played him four times by now. So he was oh really God. well known. Which when you, you know, think this is the late 80s, there aren't that many um, actors of colour that you could mm. go, yeah, him, yeah, Bill Duke. So Bill Duke had been in a few things, but he wasn't like a big star. He wasn't known for his directing. You know, he was known for his theatre work, but then maybe a, the vast majority of, of people that would go and see Predator wouldn't be going to the theatre. <laughs> That's a sweeping yeah. statement, isn't it? But it, it's That's interesting. Yeah. So McTiernan wanted an actor who would get on with Arnie, put up with all his stupid pranks, uh, enter into... Because apparently when they made this film, Arnie just made it into like a, a camp of pissing on each other, playing pranks on each other and having contests in the gym. So McTiernan purposely thought, I've got to find somebody who can hold his own with Arnold. And he picked Carl Weathers and, and they they were friends, but they even now that they're great friends and Arnie liked him. And that's sort of what made the film work, really, about their relationship. That there, you, yeah, he would there join was quite in. a competition. Yes, there was yeah. quite a competition, wasn't yeah. there? Like the, the, the muscle man, yeah. the, the muscle man yeah. of the group. But wasn't Carl Weathers the one who was just sort of like chilled out about it and just yeah. said, oh, yeah. shut up, guys, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He, he was the wind-up artist of the group taking the piss out of the guys who were like, because there was some real fierce competition about, you know, who looked the hottest in their yeah. commando gear. Mm, <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> So Dylan, Dylan and uh, and Dutch. I keep wanting to call him Arnie, Dylan and Arnie, but it's Dylan, Dylan and, and Dutch. Arnie. Uh, Dylan explains the mission to Arnie and says that they're looking for a lost cabinet minister. Uh, yeah. And then we see the crew. Fast forwards a bit. We see the crew in a helicopter going on the rescue mission, and we hear that amazing song. Sing it, Amy. <laughs> Long tall Sally. <laughs> Sing it, go on. No. Oh. No. See, now I wanted Dave to put it on the soundboard, but he didn't. So instead, I'll just have to have to play it a little bit more. Yeah, it's my go-to song. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Long tail Sandy, baby. That's enough of that. So we haven't got long tail, but you all know it. You can Google it. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't find out why this song in particular was picked which is interesting because it's one of the one moment in this film where wh whoever i've watched it with and this goes from my very young son who's far too young to watch predator but i still let him watch it too, to yeah. like watching it with dave over the last few weeks do you find yourself singing along with it 
No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, mate. I like Oasis. No, I would much prefer Oasis. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no. mate. I like opera. Fuck fucking little Richard. <laughs> Fuck him up his ass. He'd like that as well, little Richard. Richard, wouldn't he? Dirty bugger. Yeah. Now, I don't know why they picked that film, that song for this film, but they did, and it works. So Jesse Ventura is the person who plays the film, yeah, the film, the song, even. Jesse Ventura, he's a big bugger, Jesse Ventura. (laughs) More on him later. Uh, And he's chewing, chewing tobacco and uh, passes it around. Everybody goes, no, you're all right, mate. Thanks very much. And he spits it on Dylan's boots. Yes. Which is a total dog pissing contest, that, isn't it? Yeah, Mm. yeah. And then oh, you had that sound. <laughs> you had a sound effect for that for a minute. No. And then he comes out with this. Bunch of slack jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. Yeah. How many times have you what heard a, a drunk thing. man <laughs> say that? <laughs> Quite a few. Quite a few. So Jesse Ventura. Uh, do, do you know anything about Jesse Ventura? Oh, superb. Were you into wrestling as a small girl? Did you like wrestling when you were a little boy? Back no. in the Bronx? <laughs> no. What's no. wrong with it, you, it, Amy? Um, you told me. Uh, well, it was wrestling on a Sunday, wasn't it? And uh, and uh, it was just sort of like, uh, I was just like, oh, it's all just theatre. It's not real. They're just pulsing around. What are you talking about? Of it's, it's all real. theatre. <laughs> What are you saying? It's Triple all, H isn't real. It's all, it's all just it's all just men in tights, spandex, faking it. It's not real violence. I'm disappointed. Dis- <laughs> you're looking at me. I'm. Di- I am. Look at my face. I'm disappointed. You don't like wrestling. You look like the sort of woman that would secretly watch wrestling. Going to have to <laughs> let you down again, there. I'm afraid. There's there's the there's the Mexican little person wrestling though, which is fun, isn't it? That's very 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 well known. Right, we're just going to ignore that you said that. <laughs> little person, it's okay to say a little person. You mean dwarf wrestling, midget wrestling? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Do you know if, that... if ever I won the lottery, I would buy a yeah. midget. I'd buy one. Would you? Yeah, I'd buy one, and I'd call him a uh, little midget. And I would say, little midget, little midget, make my tea. And he would go, because he'd be like an oompa lumper. He'd go, all right, Tina. And then he'd trot off and, and get me some tea and come back. And I'd say, little midget, get down on your hands and knees so I can put my feet up. And then I'd say, little midget, <laughs> little midget, get me some cake. Is that bad? Do you not? No, 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 because you know, I've got a little story about little midgets actually. It was Freddie Mercury, yeah. who used to, but back in the day, you know, they were huge uh, cocaine snorters. And he used to take his best mates on his little, um, his little, <laughs> his, his, his fuck off private jet to, because he, he literally had homes on a few islands out in the, uh, out somewhere in the Indian Ocean. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he, a friend of my mum's, 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 blah, 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 was somehow connected to the Who. They were part of the team, the party lot, going out to this island. And midgets, 
turned up Bitch, on the plane how many? How many? Uh, with silver platters <gasps> full of cocaine. Oh and they God. were dressed in blue. They had they were painted blue, like sprayed blue. blue. So what a story to bring home! And everyone had a whale at the time, yeah, including the midgets. I yeah. Bet. Oh, so, so 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 yeah. We we do go off on tangents. Sorry about that. Let's get back to <laughs> that was the best bit of the <laughs> podcast talk, so far. Let's talk about Freddie Mercury. Was your mum one of the people on the plane? It, no, it was one of my mum's friends. He, he was called Rocky, and he and I think he ended up. Um, oh, I don't know. He was a tour manager. You love all this sort of stuff. It was him <laughs> and his wife, and uh, and that they were they beca- they directed Tina Turner. That was it in one of the vi- vi- Pepsi videos she did. Yeah, many many moons ago, and somehow they all just got to know each other, and that was the story they brought home. Wow, Freddie Mercury. C- cocaine midgets on silver platters. Can you imagine? I'm, ah, oh, what? I mean, genius. Yeah, I'd rather Just... have cake on a platter, not cocaine, but... Cocaine yeah. cake! More than cocaine one midget cake. to wait on me is just like a dream come true. Anyway, let, me, let's, just talk, let's just talk about Jesse Ventura, who's a, who I find a very interesting fella. Uh, he joined the Navy in 1969. He was a petty officer in Vietnam and was, in fact, the only genuine soldier to be in the film, Ah. uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, He didn't see any action, though, but he doesn't really like people to know that. (laughs) He was a member. Was he he a pen pusher, a paper pusher? No, no. Okay, so Jesse Ventura was an underwater demolition man. Ooh. In Vietnam, though. <laughs> That's insane. It's just, yeah, so no wonder he really didn't see any action. Because um, he was underwater. Because <laughs> he was underwater. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> just Sorry. before he left the Navy, he joined the motorcycle the motorcycle gang. I sounded American there. I was a motorcycle gang member. He joined, and they were, they were actually like the Hells Angels, but they were called... The Mongols, as in Genghis Khan. Oh, my God. And it was only in 1974 that he fell into wrestling. And because he was like, you know, he sort of did himself as a an Adonis-type wrestler with blonde hair and he was tall and very muscular, he was known as Jesse the Body. The Body. That's know, it. Jesse yeah. the Body. Yeah, so he's... So he's had a really really interesting life um he joined the wwe which is <laughs> you know nothing about how fascinating it is fascinating <laughs> and he was believe it or not he was a baddie or in america they call them heels in wrestling oh. uh, and he wrestled all the greats hulk hogan and my favorite rowdy roddy piper i i actually met rowdy roddy piper just before he died, about a year or so before he died, and you'll know Roddy Piper because he is the star of They Live. That's oh Roddy my Piper. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. did not know that. Oh he, my god, I love that film. He is, without a doubt, one of the most loveliest men I've ever met. He stayed longer, he gave every fan loads of time he engaged with them he looked in their eyes 
<laughs> which a lot of stars don't because they haven't got souls. He was just, he was just such a lovely man that, you know, and he would do things like, you know, people wanted their photo taken with him and he'd say, I'll strangle you <laughs> and you get on the floor. And he just spent, I, I, he was there all day. He was just amazing. But anyway, uh, he got into acting again yeah. by accident. His first role was in Predator. Uh he acted in various things. Nothing really as big as Predator. Um, he was in oh, what's that other Arnie film called where they're in like the Toboggans? No, the the other one. Red, uh, Running Man. Yeah, he's in the Running Man. Yeah, <laughs> should have known that. Uh, he became the governor of Minnesota in 1998. That's funny. Someone else became a governor as well in this film. Right? <laughs> Didn't you, they? You couldn't I know. Make it up, could you? you couldn't make it up. Yeah, couldn't. Uh, but he's really infamous for a program that he used to make called Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. Right. I urge anyone who has not seen an episode of this, some of them are on YouTube, to just go and check them out because they are fucking batshit crazy. But also, sometimes you like, oh, and they've got an element of truth in them as well that, that have, has come out years later. Um, mm. yeah. so, mm. so I saw Jesse Ventura. I didn't actually meet him, but I saw him on stage a couple of years ago giving a talk about uh, Predator with Carl Weathers for um the manchester comic con and if you right. go on to monopoly events on youtube you can actually watch all the videos of their talks about predator which is really interesting so mm. yeah jesse ventura stop talking about jesse ventura now uh so back to the film they land that they land and find the crashed helicopter yep so now we're on to billy Billy spoked. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody who's seen Predator would be going, go on, Tina, that's it, that's it. Billy, who may or may not be a Native American. Yes, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is something he? odd happens there. Is he, <laughs> is he, is he black? Is he a Native American? Is he just a yogi? <laughs> is he a, good? A, a yogi. Is he? Yeah. Not Yogi Bear, yeah. everybody. Is he just like, you know, uh, does he know how to do Tai Chi? Hey, <laughs> he's like their spiritual guide, yeah. you know, he's their spiritual companion. Um, spiritual. Um, spiritual companion who has that kind of face off on the, uh, when, he, when he slices the knife down his chest. Mm. Yeah. Is that, I'm talking about the same bloke. Yeah, yeah, it's near yeah. the end of the film, yeah. that is, isn't he, it? So he's kind of like the predator in a way. He's got that same kind of strange spiritual connection yeah. to the jungle. So he's, so each character, even though there's no backstory with any of the characters, <laughs> you've given just, them they one. Are, they just are what they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you got the, you, your typical nerd, Shane Black, and yeah. you've got, you know, and, and, and th 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 I mean, that's it really, you know, men, jungle, predator. <laughs> but, uh, so, <laughs> so, but I really want to talk about that. How the film is as a bit like a, like, um, a slasher movie. I don't think the whole film 
um, you know, is completely directed to, um, you know, action fans. I think it, it whisks up a whole load of sort of like 80s culture in a blender. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, we've got, I love how different aspects of the film, well, how, how, Different aspect, aspects of the creature, I mean, are revealed really slowly, like yeah. a slasher film. Yeah. So where, where characters are sort of methodically killed off. I mean, the, the crew in particular find themselves to be, you know, hunted rather than the hunters well, well, Amy, in the same way. Well, Amy, we haven't got that far yet. You have to be oh, patient. Sorry. Have I gone ahead of myself? You've got ahead of yourself. We have to talk about Billy in the jungle. Oh, I'm sorry. Spiritual Billy. Billy. Is sniffing the air and smells the dead bodies hanging from the tree. Oh, I'm sorry, we're going through the narrative still. Synopsis. Yes, well, we oh, have to. Okay. We have to go through the whole narrative in case some we of do. the some of the men might get a bit lost. Otherwise, some of the sorry, some guys. of the men might might go. I don't know what you're talking about. Slash <laughs> films. You they got guns up in there. So so sunny land. Land, Landham. Landham. Now there's he's a, a yet another extremely interesting actor. Uh, so McTiernan, yeah, he really wanted Sonny for the part of Billy, uh, because of the yeah. way he looked. Didn't elaborate on that, you know, like he looks <laughs> like a red Indian or whatever. But uh, there was a condition by the studio that Sonny would get the job. If there was a bodyguard involved and the bodyguard wasn't protect to protect Sonny, it was to protect other people from Sonny because he liked to have a bit of a fight. He had a bit of a temper on him. Had a bit of a temper. So apparently he was half Cherokee. Don't know what the ah. rest of him was. <laughs> Something uh, that isn't Cherokee. Uh, and he won a scholarship to Georgia Uni playing football. So he was a football player. So hence his mm -hmm. size and power. Mm. Uh, he also was very briefly in the army before he got thrown out for fighting within a matter of weeks, apparently, from what I read. Uh, oh, and just, again, fell into acting. But what kind of acting do you think, Sonny Landham? I'm looking at a picture of him. <laughs> completely naked right now <laughs> who knows this fact <laughs> well i didn't know this seriously had no idea and didn't know it and read that he began his career in porn and i googled it i just put sunny landon porn film and there they were in all their color glory did he do a lot? Was he quite successful? I think he was, well, with an all black big baby, I would say so. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, I sort of, uh, to be to be honest with you, I just lost the plot after, you know, just trying to research what he'd done, what, his, what happened to his career after Predator, because I just kept going back to watch the porn <laughs> film. Because this one, this one porn film, the, my favourite porn film with Sonny in actually is where he comes on the farm and he's oh, got... Oh, fully researched. Fully uh, researched. Thoroughly researched. <laughs> he's got these dungarees on and he's going, oh, Daisy May, what are you doing down there? And guess what Daisy, yeah, Daisy May is giving him a blowjob. And um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just magical to think he, he could make, I mean, 
in all seriousness, uh, the only person I can think of who's who's been overt in being a porn star and then moving to mainstream is Tracy Lords. And she went the John Waters route. Yes. So she was like total porn star, then sort of like a quirky cult actress yeah. in in you know through John Waters. But then you've got Sonny, totally unashamed of his career in porn gets a really stellar job in a really big budget Hollywood movie. That would never fucking happen now, would it? No, no. Is it is it um Natasha Gray? I think it's Gray that's on that's on my head in my mind. She mm. was another hardcore porn actress that uh um starred in a film oh about 10 years ago but i oh, i can't remember her name so this is going nowhere but yes as far as a bloke is concerned it, it, it doesn't matter you are one of the lads you yeah. are doing some porn brilliant let's get you in with all the muscles and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so as far as a woman's concerned oh no we can't have a slut appearing in a movie a studio movie well, when um, so, when Greg Hatanaka made Samurai Cop 2, all the women, well, I think all but one of the, two of the women in it are porn stars. And he specifically picked them because they were in porn films yes. for the reason that he thought it would get more men to watch the film, knowing that Lexi Bell, famous porn star, was in it. Bloody hell. I know, I know. <laughs> <can't> I? <laughs> yeah, let's get some pornos in here, baby. So, so back to the film. The soldiers, the soldiers are still looking for the hostages. Arnie finds the tags of one of his friends, Jim Hopper, who was a Green Beret. And he knows that Dylan is lying about this mission. Uh, and this is the first time we see the predator. He's up in the trees looking yeah. down on the men. So there, th there we go. Classic horror film. Yes, because it's stalking them from, well, it's a stalking perspective, isn't oh. it? Which, sorry, yes. So I was just yeah. banging on about my slashes now. <laughs> Is it time? Is Bang it time? on about the slashes now. I just I just love the way, basically, it, as well, that it's a film that unfolds in broad daylight, which is also a bold move. Yeah, you know, given, it is, given isn't its, it? Given, it, given its slasher formula, you know, and yeah. the ominous mood a nighttime setting can create. But this is McTiernan's way again, which mm. is brilliant, of slightly yeah. sub subverting sort of conventions. Yeah. So... And also, Predator doesn't just, you know, fuse different elements. It also plays on Arnie's star image, you know, and, uh, you know, by, by, go, by reversing his role almost uh, when he was in the Terminator, by casting him as the human in conflict with yeah. the aliens. So yeah. all, it's yeah. all completely reversed. But, yeah, I love the way how no, the film, you know, it, 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 there's so many slasher-type elements to the film. The unmasking at the end, which mm. we'll get to, which yeah. we've seen in all the Friday the 13th. Yeah. So yeah. They're, 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 And, of course, um, I mean, even that the, how the alien dispatches with the bodies in these most gruesome ways. Mm. So, I mean, we, we can go back to Cannibal Holocaust, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, the spines, the skulls that he takes mm. away as trophies. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Hanging think, them up as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of hat... hat what am I talking about? Cap doffing mm. to various... Do you, do you think 70s that and he did? Slashes. Do, do you really think that Matian and had that in his mind when he made the film or do Might you think done. yeah 
I mean, I, because, because there's, he, it's almost like a Jaws script. You know, it's the same way as like, you don't see the creature until the very end. Mm. It's like almost with, not really with Alien, but Predator, you don't really see him in his full glory until the very end. Yeah. Um, the unmasking, it, it follows that kind of Jaws slasher. It's, he's definitely following a formula yeah. that I think is horror. Yeah. So, so it's like a, a, he's just he's just mixed up a whole load of genres, I think, in yeah. just like this pop culture blender, and it works really well. Yeah, and it's amazing, really, that it does because he's got so many influences in there, hasn't he? You could spend, yeah. I mean, probably people who study film don't really write essays about Predator. But God, can mm. you imagine you'd be looking at an A for writing an essay about this one when you're yeah. looking at influences? Complete. Oh dear, sorry, I've just dropped my notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where was I? As long yeah. as it's not your knickers. It's not my knickers, love. No, I love the way that the Predator draws on also like like colonial depictions of the uncivilizable savage, you know. He's got his loincloth, his dreadlocks, mm. his collection of skulls, his intimacy with the jungle his thirst for barbaric violence and yeah and I think it goes does go back to like cannibal holocaust and was it cannibal Ferro, which yeah. was cannibal ferox ferox Ferro. <laughs> yeah Ferro. that's Ferro. what us commoners call it Cam- cannibal F- have you seen that cannibal ferox no. I've seen that cannibal ferox <laughs> Have you seen that? It's, it's a bit, ooh, it's a bit hardcore. They all oh, upside down crucifixions and sticking knives up ladies' doodahs. That's not very nice, is it? No, I don't watch pictures like that. <laughs> so anyway, back to anyway. the film again. Back yes. to the film. So the gang of soldiers, our good guys, uh, come across a camp, and this is. This is a weird bit of the film for me, and it's right near the beginning where you sort of know that the film's called Predator. You know that there's a predator in there. Um, So we see an actor called Sven, whose last name I can't remember, but he's in every Arnie film because he was Arnie's... Sven, he looks a bit like Arnie, and he, he Sven is his best friend. He's one of the main henchmen in Conan the Barbarian. He's in everything in the background. He's always yes. around. Um, and we see him shoot a hostage, but he's talking very loudly in Russian. Where did the Russians come? Why have you put Russians in there? <laughs> I couldn't work out whether it was um, Italian-Americans. Mm. I couldn't work out, is, is this Cold War? Yeah. It was just sort of like, let's just stick it all to the wall, yeah. throw yeah. it all in the wall and see, see what sticks. Yeah, if it was made now, it would be the Taliban, wouldn't it? Instead of yeah. the Russians. Yeah. So there's a gun battle and all the enemies are killed. All the bad guys, the the maybe the Russian guys. And Blaine is injured. He's shot. Uh, and that's when we hear another uh, classic line from Predator. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, they're so bloody macho, aren't they? I haven't got time to bleed. Unlike you oh. women that menstruate. <laughs> shocking. Undiluted machismo turned up to 100. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Dutch confronts Dylan. And Dylan tells him that they're all expendable assets. And now we meet probably the most pointless character in the whole film, Anna. 
they take her hostage. Why, Amy? Let's, let's talk about Anna. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the only reason why I think it was, she, she was, what can I say about Anna? The good thing about Anna was that she wasn't used as a sexual object, yeah. that there wasn't some queasy, sickening sort of love story attached to it. Yeah. She, and, and even though she's trying to knock everyone out so she can escape at the end of the day. I mean, she, she, I, I, I thought she was she was good in the film. She, 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 she should have had more lines because mm. she, she basically gives us the back, a little bit of backstory, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. When she talks about that the predator only arrives when, you know, it, when it's really hot yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you can see from her haunted expression, uh, we're sort of like listening to her about, mm. so basically she, she offers a bit of backstory. I think that's her purpose yeah. because they've picked her up from a place in the jungle where they, they've been experiencing this, <laughs> predator so she is in fact anna exposition yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i every time i've watched that film i've thought she's a person that finds the blood okay that's her purpose to give mm. us to let us know that the predator has been to this jungle yeah. before but couldn't they have got somebody else to do that why have they picked a woman because but then i think it's really positive as well even though her part is really minuscule that she's not yeah. sexualized in any way. That yeah. she and she's a soldier as well. But there's no explanation about what she's doing there. And she's obviously like indigenous to where they are. She's not Russian. Yeah. Where is she her was, place? Uh, yeah, and I yeah, and yeah. Just to repeat, I'm, I was I yeah. It's a relief she's not used as some kind of you know sexual you know sexual interest, sexual object, what have you. But yeah, I think she's just there to provide that little bit of haunting backstory. And I think she's a pretty good actress as yeah, well. Yeah. She, she, I wish they'd have given her a few more lines, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, me too, yeah. Uh, so the troops, they've shot all the bad guys. They've got a hostage. Now they know they've got a good bug to the chopper. <laughs> and now we see a little bit more of the predator. Well, we don't see the predator himself, but we see through his eyes and yeah. the way he sees the soldiers is through heat vision. Yep. So this was originally, this This is from McTiernan's commentary on the film, uh, was originally filmed with a heat-seeking camera. Yeah. And the problem was it was so hot in Mexico where they were filming it, it wasn't picking up any of the definition between the trees and the people. Mm. So the special effects people, actually, I laughed when I heard this. The special effects people went, we know we'll just cover everywhere with ice except the actors. <laughs> and they did it. So that didn't that didn't last. But something that did last was diarrhea, I believe. Yes, they were. Uh, they, they were. They had no access to fresh water. I don't really understand that bit at all. So a lot of them had diarrhea, but it was mostly the, the jungle and infested with leeches, bugs, all types of parasitic nasties. Mm. So they got. So the guys got. Well, the whole crew got very unwell through the production. <laughs> don't know why I'm laughing. Must have been awful for them. It's probably thinking about you know menopause symptoms that we suffer that involve yes. running to the toilet at 3am <laughs> in the morning so we know how they suffer don't we Ames we, we do. certainly do we, do. we certainly <laughs> do so the so the soldier who's looking after Anna uh, we have an, a bit of an introduction to him 
Uh, yeah. It's the lovely Shane Black. The other day, I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her, Chase, you got a big pussy. Chase, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. See, it's because of the echo. With... <laughs> <laughs> so it still makes me laugh it still makes me laugh he does a couple of jokes similar to that yeah, throughout the film yeah. and he has to keep explaining because yeah. everyone just looks at him like oh, yeah. what are you talking about you fucking yeah. nerd yeah you fucking nerd he has to keep explaining that, and that's the punchline <laughs> oh god right, right. Shane yeah. Black yet another band uh, a part of the band of brothers who is incredibly interesting backstory and career uh, pioneering screenwriter absolutely. of the action genre uh, yeah he wrote the script for lethal weapon in yep. six weeks and he was 22 years a old a baby a baby still a unbelievable baby. yeah so as joel silver who was a producer of lethal weapon and also predator was negotiating with shane shane said so this new film predator that you're making uh oh any chance i could have a bit of a part in it because <laughs> i've sold you this script and joel silver said yeah sure thing you can play uh one of the soldiers in it and he gave him the part um Apparently he would. There was a, a, a few, I don't know, a few rumblings on set. Like he was almost sort of sent in as being a bit of a spy to keep an eye yeah. on John McTiernan because yeah. it was his first big budget thing. So it was kind of like, well, yeah, you, we, if we can give you this, but can you just keep an eye on the script changes, keep an eye on, you know, yeah. how the film is going generally with McTiernan. So he was a bit of a spy on the side as Fancy well. Fancy being twenty-two and having that much power. Good God. I, I've yeah. also read that he, he added quite a bit to the script as well. Um, he's written some cracking films. He wrote Monster Squad. Yeah, Last Boy Scout. Yeah, Last La Boy Scout. Oh, what a film. The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's my yeah. personal favourite. Yeah, amazing and, uh, film. Yes, and he did a last rewrite on the... Uh, Something I read here. Last rewrite on the McTiernan and Schwarzenegger last action hero script. Yeah. So he was he was everywhere. And as you say, twenty two, it's flabbergasting yeah, yeah. to get that kind of power Absolutely. going on behind you Absolutely. at that time. And then uh, and then he came back in twenty eighteen and wrote and directed The Predator, starring Adrian Brody, which I've seen. I cannot oh, I... remember a thing about it though. I can't. I've not seen it. I've oh, not yeah. seen it. Yeah, can't remember anything about it. Where is he now? Where, what's he doing now? now? Well, apparently he was, uh, having been like the highest paid screenwriter in Hollywood, he he disappeared as a writer in the late, in the late 90s, apparently, and admitted that he withdrew due to pressure and a growing contempt for his own commercial action-packed material. Oh, so, my God. Oh, darling, he probably wanted to start doing indie movies or something. And yeah. I, mean, I can't believe that. How can you be so embarrassed I know. of your fortune? I, I just yeah. have to disappear because I've made too much money. Oh. <laughs> Quickly, oh. get me some midgets with cocaine plates. <laughs> He obviously did not have enough fun. Yeah, yeah. Making well, you can money. imagine that as well. Be you know, I bet it absolutely crushed his soul. <laughs> totally crushed him. 
because he doesn't when you look at him in predator and look at him now i mean we all change as we get older but he's unrecognizable from his younger self yeah and it, and it isn't really to do with weight i think it's to do with life bearing down on him despite all that money yeah so you're right he should have uh he should have been like paul verhoven and had a good time with yeah anyway should we get back to the homoeroticism where where blaine who's been a bit shot he's just been a little bit shot and mac have a little bit of a chat because they're best mates so obviously the, you know they've been in the army together for years and yeah they're having a lovely talk and uh yeah, so Billy is out in the jungle as well. Oh, Billy the cock, as I like to call him after seeing. <laughs> oh, I can't get it. I can't stop thinking about these porn films he was in. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Billy spooked. And I so wish Dave had put that on the soundboard because I would be pressing that button all the time. <laughs> What's wrong with Billy? Billy spooked. He senses something in the jungle. What is it? I think it's his big cock. It's in the trees. <laughs> There's another classic line in this film, which I've written down somewhere. I've seen some badass bush before, man, but nothing like this. <laughs> Who says that? Is that a Shane Black one? No, it's not Shane Black. It's the, the guy. Who, oh, dear. I can't remember. I didn't put it, but it's 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 before his friend. Get, it's near the beginning and it's before his friend gets killed. Who who you're talking about now. Right. The one where they get all weepy about each other. Oh, the, oh it's Mac. Get, then. Get, it's Mac. Mac. It's Mac. Yes. Yeah. Badass Bush. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they were sort of talking about vaginas? Pudendas? Mm-hmm. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think any of them have seen a fanny up to now. Ever no. in their lives. They've seen plenty of arm wrestling. But no, <laughs> no fanny. Uh, so Anna decides she's going to escape. And Hawkins, yep. who is Shane Black, gives chase. And oh no, what happens? The jungle comes alive. We don't Brilliant. see anything. We just hear the splatty noises. And we see Hawkins get pulled by his feet through the jungle while Anna looks on. Chavez appears with his gun in his hand and looks for Hawkins but all he finds is a lovely steaming pile of guts Dylan then turns to Arnie and you can tell that he knows that whatever happened to Jim Hopper Arnie's friend is now happening to them Yep. then we see Hawkins has been hung upside down from a tree So the troop now know that there's something else in the jungle and he's not a man. So now, uh, at this point in the film, Matinan's commentary, he talks about uh, how he wanted the predator for us to now we were going to see the predator. And his, his vision for that predator wasn't so much what it would physically look like, but the way it would move. And yeah. he wanted it to swing from tree to tree, more mm-hmm. or less like King, a smaller King Kong. Uh, so he he got the special effects people to make a red suit. Uh, now <laughs> it would be green screen, but then they knew that if they if they put a green a red suit on a monkey, monkey. Yeah, so they got the red suit and they got the monkey and they put the red suit on the monkey and the monkey went, "I'm not moving." 
I'm not swinging from tree to tree and it just fell completely flat on its face. So they employed, this is later in the film, where you see uh, sort of, how do you explain what the predator looks like? It's almost like an effect where it's invisible, but its edges are, oh, like you're hallucinating. There's there's basically a, a, a whole... Uh, blog site on the the, the making of how, you know, how they did this, and like I said, this before this is before this is when CG yeah. you know uh, CGI was in its absolute. Uh, um, do I mean yeah? It, yeah, its yeah infancy. Yeah. So so for that camouflage effect, it's it was Joel Heinick who got the Academy Award, and they developed like an optical printer, mm. which was used on the shots with the predators running across the frame, and that ripple effect. Uh, they use something, I think they use a video scanner uh, to achieve the predator's thermal vision after a failed experiment with, with infrared. Anyway, you can read all about it because it it's a fascinating interview. Um, it's a, look up Ian Fails. It's an interview with Joel Heinick on VFX blog, where Heinick recalls the days of optical compositing thermal cameras and that red suit and it's a really fascinating yeah. interview with him because because it, it, how they came up with this printer because you're you're looking at the, that those ripple effects yeah. are absolutely incredible you're thinking how the hell did they do yeah. that and yeah. it was something about just leaving a printer and it was and they had it on an arm and it was just going round and round the jungle on repeat yeah. somehow well, you can read more about it in this in this interview if you are interested in about the uh, reading up about the effects of the film. So that particular uh, special effects bit of the predator's movement, do you think, having watched it recently, that it still stands up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's not like your typical you know cheap cgi mm. press that button press that button this was this was a hell of a lot of work to invent literally invent an optical type of printer to, mm. to it was they, they were literally designing this thing on the spot yeah. while yeah. they were making the film yeah. yeah and and that and he got and he received an academy award joe heinick received an academy award for that because it was so brand new no one had seen anything like it before it was like how do they do that ripple effect and uh, yes and that 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 whole red suit story is it's hilarious as well and they didn't they finally get some kind of acrobat or an extra yeah um in a red suit uh, yeah gymnast yeah 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 and then uh, this would later be replaced with what they called the invisibility shimmer which mm. created this amazing sort of outline of abstract greenery that sort of brought the jungle to life. Yeah. So, so the, the the level of effects of craftsmanship they yeah. were working on throughout that film was was and still is eye watering. Well, I I always prefer practical effects to CGI yeah. anyway, and will always prefer. You know, I mean, uh, you've only got to think of something like American Werewolf in London. Incredible. You know, if they if they made it now, could, it would be you know the same. It would be film. shite. It would be yeah. shit, wouldn't it? It would be yeah. shit. Practical practical effects are always better, but I when you bear in mind that this film was made, you know, it was filmed in eighty six and released in eighty seven. That's yeah. a that's such a long time ago, but mm. yeah, it, and we're not going to talk about the predator just yet. His his the way he looks. Um, but yeah, I know. Even now, even watching it just last week, 
I'm every time, every single time I'm knocked out, completely knocked out by the by the way that that monster, that yeah. alien looks. And it's they were working genius. on it, or, yeah, yeah. They were working on it organically through the film, so that I think that's mm. what just was keeping it all so yeah. fresh. Rather than today, it's all done pre-production mm. and a few buttons pressed. This was, yeah. like you say, like American Werewolf. They had, you know, so many of these incredible films before the advent yeah. of CGI. Yeah. It was hard fucking work. Yeah, and they were yeah. coming, and all the g- g- geeky guys coming yeah. up with the yeah. most incredible incredible ideas well the amazing stan winston but i'm sure you'll talk about it a bit more in a minute so we're about to witness uh, a really good effect now where blaine who's jesse ventura gets shot in the chest and his chest explodes right graphically uh and you don't see it coming you just don't see that's if you've never seen predator before when that happens you go Fuck, I never thought that would happen because his yep. chest explodes. Yep. Uh, Jesse Ventura mentioned in the Monopoly events talk that um, he was walking around for a good few days with that fake chest on covered in guts <laughs> and they were real guts and all the flies were buzzing around it and it stank as well. But it didn't bother him. Didn't put him off his beer. Oh, no. So Mac, who's Bill Duke, sees the predator or rather, he doesn't see it. He sees something and he yeah. grabs old painless. Oh, my God. The stuff online about old painless, this gun. I know. It's amazing. It's like, calm down. Yeah. Gun <laughs> porn. So, so in short, if you, our lovely audience, don't know about old painless, they the, the director went to this warehouse where they sell we- real weapons. Yeah. And he said, I want a really big gun for Blaine, for this character. And they gave him a gun that has to be attached to something like an aircraft. So right. You, so it's got no trigger. So when you see him shooting, <laughs> he's literally holding the barrel of a gun and it's got no trigger. He had that many wires up his legs and bodies to make the barrel turn. It was in effect, a not a gun unless it was attached to a helicopter or a That's small right. plane. That's right. It was the, yeah. it was the Vietnam, Vietnam style attached to a plane gun, which they use yeah. in the air. It wasn't meant to be walking around the jungle with because it must have weighed an absolute bloody ton. So, so they have a big fight in the jungle. Um <laughs> A fight. That's a that's a, an understatement, really, isn't it? They're scared. They know something's out there, and all of them start shooting. Max got all painless. He's shooting, 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 and they decimate the jungle in front of them. They just shoot the whole jungle to bits. Mm. Now, John McTiernan says this was planned, and it was an overt scene. Because he wanted to take the piss. This is his words. He wanted to take the piss out of macho men. Yeah. I say balls. Yeah, yeah. I remember, <laughs> yeah. I, I think for all the films, like, immediate thrills. Yeah, I, I, to- I totally get you. So he was being ironic. I mean, I, I think that Predator never, like, fully escapes that underlying queasy feel that we're witnessing, that what we're witnessing yeah. is essentially like a chauvinistic exhibition yeah. of imperialist American muscle, you know? And it's the kind of, like, 
machismo turned out you know, this turned out to be a running thread didn't it among yeah. leads of high profile Hollywood action pictures like you mentioned before during the 80s with Schwarzenegger Stallone Chuck Norris yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme Ooh, who we'll get to later Chuck and Chuck Norris, Norris your fame always hairy chest but it's an in this you know in in this era of like indestructible sort of supermen it was so refreshing to see a group yeah. of chauvinistic alpha males just sort of succumb yeah. to this form yeah. of threat that was brand new yeah so that so in a way McTeer and going see yeah. there yeah. is something well it's bigger, a, it's all better than you and that... more and more you know, and more intelligent and more advanced yeah so yeah. screw you patriarchal culture basically yeah. that's well, my to me, reading what when I watch that bit, it's almost like they've they've literally dropped their trousers and they've all got their penises out and are masturbating yeah. madly into Toasting. the jungle. That's what it's representing. Tossing it all over the plants. And I yep. I I think an awful lot I well, I know for a fact at the time when the film came out, men they really loved that scene because it was so like and they you could see women going, yeah, but they're just wanking in the jungle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that what's brilliant, the film really starts to create a, a mounting sort of pessimism about mm. the effectiveness of, yeah. of Amer- American military action. I mean, later their guns prove totally impotent yeah. against the yeah. predator. And yeah. their technology ultimately fails them. Yeah. So yeah. this is what I thought was just a, bit, a, a, a great subversive twist. This isn't that there is definitely some messages going yeah. on yeah. here about what McTiernan is trying to say. Do you you think know, is her- it is it is it, is it, is it a, 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 I think they're trying to make it. It's a complicated case made by the film, but but perhaps you know against mainstream movie violence, CIA shenanigans, US mm. imperialism. Who yeah. knows? Well, he's, he's definitely anti-establishment, isn't he? Because he went to totally. he went to prison for being a bit of a knob. But, do, but I also wonder if he's like, even though he doesn't really know it, he might be, he might be a little bit of a feminist. Well, this is one of the arguments I've got. So there's 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 definitely something going on in the film, yeah. Um, especially with that ridiculous display of them <laughs> shooting down leaves, leaves, <laughs> trees, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But we'll go, we'll go, we'll carry on talking well, about that. Yeah, the th- the thing is though, it did sort of work a little bit because Anna, who has her wrists tied together. Uh, find some day glow blood on a leaf. That's right. That yeah. day glow blood. It's genius, isn't it? It, it? Yes, it was made from glow sticks and yeah. lubricant. Yeah. <laughs> Intimate loop. Is it Intimate really? Loop. I read yeah. that. I read about that's the... what I read. Oh that's my God, read. that's amazing. Uh, Intimate lubricant and glow sticks, and didn't it work? Fantastic effect. So Absolutely fantastic. Do you remember the A-Team? Did you ever watch the A-Team? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. what happened in every episode of the A Team where they they had a mission? So the whole gang would go into a garage somewhere, and yeah. there would be a five minute clip where they would make something like a gun or a or a shed. Or <laughs> but all you would see was Mr T screwing something like this and <laughs> and face, you know, like sawing something like this. And it would be, all you would see was what they were making and their hands. This That's happens it. in Predator. Yes. 
right now, they they start to make these sort of A team traps in the jungle. They do, don't with they? The, yeah. With the intention of killing whatever it because they still don't know what it is. They've they've got no idea. They haven't seen anything. They just see trees and leaves move. Yeah. And shapes. Yeah. So they so they arrange all these traps in the in the jungle in order to kill whatever's out there. So they're all very quiet. Even yeah. Arnie, he's he's lying on his belly, thinking about Maria. Well, maybe Maria and also a few maids as well. So he's lying there thinking and they're all waiting for the alien to come. And then Mac hears a twig. And he goes, you killed my boyfriend! And runs after whatever it is. Because, you know, obviously it was. They were having some sort of homo affair, which is nice, isn't it? You know, love is love. love the only is trouble love. is it, it's not the alien. It's a boar. And what's happened is the predator has, has sort of waited for something to fall into these traps so he can sneak into the camp and steal yeah. Blaine's body. Yeah. Because Blaine is going to be another one of his trophies. So now we see the predator for the first time, but not the whole predator, just his leg and mm -hmm. his arm. And he decloaks himself. So we know that he has some sort of invisibility cloak, much mm -hmm. like Harry Potter would like, <laughs> but more technical. <laughs> but the other thing is, I mean, he, he said so, and he, he brings out um, out of his wrist all this paraphernalia to uh, ha um, heal his injury, which is in his leg, and uh, all the stuff in his arm. It's are, amazing. It is amazing. It's all... He's got like a wrist-operated self-repair yeah. bio-computer yeah. system. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it, and it's all very small veterinary uh, tools, apparently, they used. Um, but uh, one thing I, I was thinking about um, as I was watching it was, yeah, and then he injures his... Hang on a minute. Is it a he or a she? Or have they even got a sex? I don't think any sex was actually... Uh, I mean... He's got a loincloth. See, I'm saying he. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. Could, 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 be, could be any sex. Could be... Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but, that's it. But and I that's... was thinking that the other night could, yeah. be, could be female. Yeah, could be. It's unlikely, though, with those calf muscles. So it's a, so it's a female alien in a feminist film. <laughs> yes! Yeah! How do uh. we read it? How do we read it? Oh, oh, I mean, are we, are we, can we talk about uh, Van Damme yet? Uh, do you want to talk about Van Damme now? <laughs> or do you want, or are we carrying on yes, with the synopsis? Yes, we can. No, we can talk. Can... Well, we have to carry on with the synopsis, but we can oh. talk about Van Damme now if you like. So, tell what can you tell me? What is your knowledge on Jean Claude Van Damme? Right. So, basically, I'll just when... get myself comfortable. Bye. Get yourself comfortable. When Predator started filming, there was uh, basically a different design. For the title creature and the alien was basically some horrendous looking sort of humanoid insect 
that would have looked completely ridiculous if they yeah, had yeah. you know gone with it. There are um, pictures mix- online, mix- aren't there, that you can look at? Um... Yes, yes. Oh, there's there's shots of of Van Damme in this costume online. It's so bad. It's it's like it it would be fitting for a campy 1950s sort of creature. <laughs> Creature feature, but not for this movie. So basically, a bit of background. Van Damme was cast in the role, which uh, he he was basically still a virtual unknown. His, I think, his only major credit was um, a a Russian villain villain in a 1986 martial arts film called No Retreat, No Surrender. Never seen it. That's apparently the score. (laughs) Of course, you have. So that was it. So when he was cast, the idea was that the creature would possess a kind of ninja agility, sort of uh, befitting of a stealth assassin. But uh, basically, due to um, his muscle-bound sort of comrades, basically... the, I think the producer just started to go more and more off him. Plus, he was a brat. Yeah. Um, he just didn't measure up. He struggled to deal with the alien suits in this, the, the tropical temperatures, had basically panic attacks and uh and and he he stormed into um Joel Joel Silver that was it the producer into his trailer and and demanded that he wanted to be a high kicking alien yeah and Joe Silver said, no, you can't be to keep doing that. The Predator isn't a kickboxer. Mm. And Van Damme said, no, I have to do that. He's got to do that. And Silver said, well, forget it then. You're out of here. Mm. And threw him off the set. And Van Damme said, kiss my balls. <laughs> <laughs> and stormed out. And that was the end of that. So uh, I thought that was a hilarious little story. And, uh, yeah, he tried to take over. Don't try and take over no. when you're a nobody. No. He's infamous, then- though. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme is He's infamous for being uh, terrible to work with. Uh, as much as he is for doing the splits in everything he's in, um, yeah. he's. Yeah. Uh, I think time has mellowed him, though, because I don't know if you ever saw the film that came out. It's got to be about 10 years ago now, and it's called JCVD, and it is more or less about him. It's, yeah. you know, even though it's scripted. And it's really... A bit of an emotional roller coaster, really. Uh, you know, it's it's about a about a, a movie star that's on the skids. It's basically him. It's about him and the way he treated his wife, and you know, he's a colossal cokehead, fucking about with anybody who'd have him, but then would go back to his wife. Uh, is scene. this when he became quite famous? Well, it was this. this is he all was just through, always like always this. Always like this. Always like this. But he see, like as I said, he seems to have mellowed recently. He's right. just had a film on Netflix, and I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think it was released probably within the last month, and it's actually in French as well because he's Belgian, isn't he? Yes. Um, yes. It is in French, and I, th- I watched about an hour of it i was so bored by it so bored and dave watched there's nothing all of it. about him yeah no i've well time cop is a good film i like time cop yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, but i have seen yeah right. i've li- i have seen probably most of the films he's been in um and the only one i could pick out as saying oh yeah that was okay was time cop I, and i know that that there there will be a lot of Jean-Claude fans out there, Van Damme fans out there, who go, what about this? And what about this? And what about... Oh, the other one is, um, another one that's a really good film is Universal Soldier is a really good film. And that's 
you, you look at who's in it and you think, this is going to be shit. Dolph Lundgren and John claude <laughs> It's a really good film. And then I think, is it part two or part three of it is also like quite a shockingly good action film as well. I think it might be one and three. Right. Um, where they're like, you know, <laughs> frozen policemen. <laughs> Frozen policeman, Frozen policeman, but he never did himself any favors. JVCD. He could have. He could have been a massive star. Uh, and I look at people like um, Scott Adkins, who's a British actor, who's very similar, very very similar to uh, Van Damme in looks. Yeah. I and he's he's starred in a lot of sort of indie action films. Um, I've actually met Scott Adkins. Dave uh, interviewed him not so long ago for his last film. And he's a nice bloke. He's from Birmingham. I can't do the accent, he's, but he's from Birmingham. And he's he's a nice bloke. He's a bit... Oh, God, I don't want to call him a plank. He's a bit... Hasn't got a personality to go, you know, that makes him a bigger star than he is. Yeah. Um, but there's something, there's something about him that he just needs the right vehicle quite like Van Damme, just needed just one film that would, you know, like The Terminator 2 Ugh. with Arnie. Yeah. I just don't think Van Damme had the personality. No. I mean, Arnie's, Arnie is, I mean, I, I, I do take back what I said. He's, Arnie is charm, hilarity personified. Absolutely, plus he's got yeah. all the extra yeah. bells and whistles. Van Damme was very, yes, he, he, he just doesn't strike me as the nicest person in the world. And he probably had, you know, a, a big old ego and uh, was was a mess, a hot mess yeah. on set. Yeah. And uh, which, which is a shame. Um, yeah, gifted physically, obviously, but I, was, I never wore to him no, as an no, actor no he's in um i think the first film he was in was oh is it called breaking the one with shabadoo and he's actually a dancer <laughs> and you can you can go on youtube i'm pretty sure is is it called breaking right, david will shout at me when he hears this because again you know one of the most infamous interviews that uh that we've done on 60MW. Well, actually, it was for the 80s Picture House that's recently been re-released on 60MW. Was an interview with... Yeah. Was it Shabadoo? And I can't remember the other one's name. So there's... Shabadoo. Yeah, there's two of them. And one went on to work with Madonna. I think he recently died very tragically, sadly. Incredibly um, talented dancer. And then the other one... They phoned him up. This is so funny. They they arranged an interview with Shabadoo and then they were going to... I wish I could remember his name. This is terrible. Uh, Dave might put a little insert here just to tell you what his name is because it's really <laughs> worth listening to. Uh, they rang him up and he didn't answer the phone and they thought, well, we're not going to hassle him. And then they rang him again and he was doing a poo on the toilet in his gym and sat on the toilet and Tom and Dave interviewed him. And I don't think they could understand a lot of what he was saying, really. He might have been high on something. But anyway, back to Predator. Back to Predator. <laughs> Shall we talk about Stan Winston now? And and who came in just in time? Just in time. Yes, let's talk about the love. Stan Winston, who everybody should know that name. Yeah, he worked on Aliens, The Terminator, Jurassic Park and The Thing. 
and he came he came on board to Predator just in time yeah. to save, save the project. It. Basically, Absolutely. to save it, and and with, with a complete redesign of the Predator, and in doing so, created a complete icon who we know, you know, who we well. So basically, fifty-one minutes in, like you were saying yeah. before, well, we get our first glimpse of this sort of high-tech extraterrestrial Rastafarian, and I'm sticking to yes. my guns here, yeah, Rastafarian yeah. hunter, in this amazing piece of physical acting uh, played by seven-foot-two veteran stuntman Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah. And he was a man who could tower over the six-foot-two Schwarzenegger, and yeah. he brings basically every inch of his imposing personality. Well, sorry, imposing physicality to, to his like, thankfully brief screen time. You know, he 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 was just incredible. It was a really sad story um, attached to him. Yeah, it um, is. yeah, he 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 had a car accident in his thirties and had a blood transfusion, which was. Um, infected with the AIDS virus and he and he died. I just yeah. found that very, very sad. Yeah. He was also he he played big he was inside the costume Bigfoot the Hendersons as yeah. well, wasn't yeah. he? Bless yeah. him. And I think he said in an interview there just wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of roles for because he was a black actor. So he, yeah. there wasn't a huge amount of roles for a seven foot two black actor at the time. But yeah. Yeah. he he certainly made his mark in this film. Well, did that you know his that physicality you get was just to see brilliant. Kevin in Predator. You know, yes, he was the yeah. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, he flew the helicopter at the yeah, end, didn't right he? At the end, oh, yeah. bless him. So basically, it was as much up to him as it was to Stan Winston to, yeah. you know, to, to bring the creature to life. So we've we've discussed the wrist-operated biocomputer system, the self-repair stuff, <laughs> uh, his double mouth jowls, uh, his shoulder-mounted laser sighting de- uh, yeah. device. So it's basically it's just all so detailed. Like yet again, the work that was put into oh, this yeah. film. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's just it's just truly a work of you know design genius. Um, so yeah, so we've discussed the the, the color. The uh, where else are we? Um, also, I love the fact that the poster doesn't have a, like a, a backstory. Yeah. Because, because, yeah. because I think with the franchises it went on, they tried to, to, yeah, to they sort of yeah. bring more. And there's no, nothing more boring. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to. You know, this, this. It, I, I just, I just want to. You know, he was ruthless, regal, a disciplined sort of killing machine, and there was just that this reptilian, reptilian sort of grace about the whole about the whole thing and like we said before there was something quite human and quite yeah. tragic yeah. in in the monster the alien as well you only really get that right right at the very end and we're not at the end yet amy we've no, got other no, stuff no, to talk no. about we've got other stuff to talk about yeah. uh we're sort of missing several mm. of the of the soldiers now there's only really uh billy left Billy. Billy's left. Billy's left, and so is um, Rich Chavez's character as well. Is well, yep. Chavez. He's he's been shot. So there's Billy, uh, Dylan, Mac, yep. and Dutch are left, and they're scared. They know that the predator's coming to get them, so they run like buggery through the jungle. Yeah, but Dylan 
who's very brave now and feels a bit bad that he got the rest of them killed by not telling them that they were yeah. actually after a predator. Says that he's going to stay behind. You go to the chopper and I'll stay behind. Uh, and Mac is already there because he wants to get vengeance for Blaine's death, his little yeah. boyfriend, because he's heartbroken his best friend's been killed. So Mac and Dylan are in the trees and they cutch down a little bit, which is a Welsh word for bend down. <laughs> they cutch down cutch a little down. bit and look out into the distance and see the predator. And this is the part where the gymnast in the red suit comes into play because we see him jump from tree to tree. And that effect yes. actually was created by the red suited gymnast. It's very brief, yeah. very, very brief. And it's really difficult to explain what you see. And even now, when you look at it, it does look like ripples. It's exactly as Anna says, the jungle came alive. Oh, sorry, yeah. that's that's Dutch. <laughs> the jungle came alive. <laughs> I mean, no, at this point, even at this point in the film, McTiernan still hadn't got um, Stan on board. Right at the right near the end of the film, they still hadn't given him the job of creating the the predator, so that was all very much in the air. Yeah, they'd done the camouflage effects, I think, and they they, they basically had every effect in the bag, but and they, they you know the 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 monkey gate nightmare, <laughs> and then and then yeah, they they got someone else. But yes, that this this brilliant new alien, yes, as you said, came in at the very end. Well. This is if you if you've seen uh, Predator, depending on what version you've seen, if you've seen it on television, or if you've seen it on the a new Blu-ray. I think it was released about ten years ago. The Blu-ray of uh, Predator, and really, it's sort of it needs to come out on a special edition 4K with yeah. new commentaries because it is a big film, but it hasn't happened. So, depending on what version you see of it. Um, you can see when Dylan, and again, you know, massive spoilers, we talk about the film, you can't disguise what happens in it. Dylan yeah. gets his arm shot off by the Predator. And in some versions of it, you don't see, <laughs> you don't see Carl yeah. Weathers' other arm strapped <laughs> to his side <laughs> because the way they framed it, they've cut it off. But in quite a few of the older versions, like VHS, you see Carl Weathers' other arm flapping about in the background, <laughs> which just spoils it. And it's, you know, I'm really glad that they cut it off, but I'm really old, so I remember the arm flapping bit. Uh, so priceless. So Billy, Chavez, Dutch and Anna hear Dylan scream. They know that Mac and Dylan have been killed by the predator yeah oh dear so then they really start running through the jungle and shooting happens it's the predator he's caught up with them and he kills chavez so there's only dutch anna and billy left so billy says get to the chopper <laughs> no actually what he says is oh my god run go how could I forget to press? I'm going to have to press that button again. I, I apologise. Oh, my God. Yes. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Billy 
Ooh, I've got, I've got goosebumps. Have you? Billy is standing on a tree and cuts his chest. He's going to have the final mano a mano fight with the predator. Mano a mano. Mano a mano. Well, mano a predator. Dutch and Anna are going to run to the chopper, but they get separated. We don't see a final battle between the predator and Billy. And I love that. We don't see it. Yeah, you just got to imagine it. You do see something a couple of minutes later. And then Arnie tells Anna to get to the chopper and off she runs like Billy-O. The predator chases Dutch in the other direction, doesn't bother going after Anna, he just goes after Dutch. And Dutch jumps off a cliff and falls into a waterfall, a pool of water. Yeah. So just before we get we're right near the end of the film now so all the soldiers except dutch are dead is Mm. there a little game you'd like to play (laughs) tina put this on me this morning i'm i'm appalled i'm appalled (laughs) so totally utterly unprofessional i'm I'm gonna have to get my coat in a minute i really am i can't put up with this can't put up with this fucking nonsense i work for the bfi and i will not (laughs) I will not play snog, marry, murder, avoid, snog, kill, death, guts. I thought it was that that, that program I used to thought was yeah, quite funny. Yeah, what was it? Snog, marry, avoid. Can we do snog, marry, murder then? Because it's more interesting. <laughs> Who would you want to murder? Oh, right, let's start from the beginning. Okay, okay so any all brand new to right. this. Are we going to you? Are we going to use the characters? Or are we going to pick the the real people, the actors, to play this game? Characters oh, or actors? Let's go for actors. Okay. No, 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 characters. Characters. Yeah. Right. Who's going to go first? You. Okay. Snog. <laughs> uh, snog. I'd pick... Hawkins, Shane Black's character, because he's a bit geeky and I would like to snog him. <laughs> and probably put my hand <laughs> down his pants as well. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Hawkins, I would like to sex up Hawkins because he's geeky and I like geeky men. Mary, oh, there's no choice there. Be Arnie. Will yeah, you marry agree- me? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. have to marry Arnie because I know that he would look after me. And I would let him sleep with the maid. I wouldn't mind as long as, you know, he came to me at the end. of the. That's awful, isn't it? <laughs> I'm obsessed with the maid. Uh, yeah, I'd have to marry Arnie. A murder. Uh, it would have to be... Who would I murder? Um, oh, I couldn't marry... I couldn't murder Sonny because of the porn. Um... Oh, I'd have to I'd have to murder Bill Duke or avoid Bill Duke because he's a bit boring. <laughs> Bill yes. Duke. So you're gonna murder Bill Duke. Murder Bill Duke. Okay. Go on, your this, turn. This is the worst game ever. <laughs> Get on with it. I would yeah, I would marry uh uh Dutch, no doubt, obviously. Yeah. And um yes, at snog. Shane Black, he needs to come out of his uh, all this embarrassment. I need to, I would need to slut him up a little bit. All this embarrassment about earning too much money, and he just yeah. had to disappear. Just like, come on, mate, 
Go yeah. to a few parties. Yeah. Yeah. Get served some coke on a plane. Have a scream. Have a scream up. Have a snog. Have a snog <laughs> with me. Let's get the party started. Oh, we're two out of two then. Both of us picked the same one. Yeah. And who do I have? Kill? Yeah. Kill oh, or I avoid. Kill or avoid? I don't know. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to kill or avoid any of them, actually. I thought they'd want to avoid. Be jolly good fun. Well, would you what? want to avoid Sonny's um, Native American penis? <laughs> or would you quite like to, it to stick around? Stick around. I'd like, I'd oh, like film. it to stick around. Oh, you filth. You are filth. <laughs> I really must see some of those films. You sent me the link, you dirty bugger, as well, <laughs> didn't you? I'm going to have to. Uh, what well, That'll be my afternoon's viewing. And then I have to go into full research, like you did. To, uh... Yeah. Oh, Sonny. Oh, yeah, baby. Let go of my cock. Let go. <laughs> Stop messing. Stop it, Daisy May. <laughs> I'm sure Dave will put in the podcast notes the link to Sonny Lantham's uh, porn film for you all. It's on Porn Hamster. Can you believe there's a site called Porn Hamster? <laughs> it's true. No, but everyone's going to be looking that up. I can promise yeah, you that. Yeah, so they should. It's worth that. it. So who yeah. are you going to kill? Come on, come on. Is it the Predator? No, I adore the Predator. Um, I'm going to kill... I'm going to kill... Uh, Sonny, because he, his penis would worry me. He, I'd be scared of his penis. All right, then. Right. See, that's that's how that's how hilarious I am at playing these games. <laughs> oh, you're so serious. <sighs> you're sitting there, sitting yes. there, sweating. I'm sweating. sweating like a whore in a church. Oh my! God. Don't don't. <laughs> don't I hope it, Mummy Diana's not going to be listening to this episode, is she? Like a pedo in mother care. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe you said that. You should wheel yourself away, lady. You should. That's it. Right up to the back door. <laughs> I've just wheeled myself away. <laughs> Is it time for a gin yet? Fucking hell. So poor old... Where no, it's we? not. It's not. Water only. So we're left. Poor old Arnie. He's alone in the jungle with a predator. Now we're going to talk about Arnie before we carry on with the end of the story. Right. Arnie. Shall I start? Or would you like to start about Arnie? I've got all his biography here. It's only 4,000 pages long. <laughs> I'll start, shall I? I'll start. You go on, you kick off. Uh, so, as we all know, he's Austrian. Uh, the Austrian oak. Um, he was born in 1947, just post-war. So you can imagine what, uh, the, what it must have been. Well, I can't imagine actually what it must have been like for a young Arnold Schwarzenegger to grow up in the birthplace of Hitler seven yeah. years after, well, so, excuse me, two years after the World War finished. That's, yeah. Probably would still yeah. have had Allied troops in Austria at that point as well. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he was a bit of a weed. He was quite tall, a bit geeky looking, weird teeth, uh, but came from a very um, staunch family. His dad was authoritarian. When he was 15, he started to lift weights. And you can just sort of see how uh, how ambitious Arnold was, because by the age of 20, he'd won 
Mr. Universe. Yeah. That's incredible. That That's absolutely incredible. So that was uh, sort of late 60s. Uh, first film, Conan the Barbarian, a film which everybody knows I'm completely obsessed with. You adore the film. I yep. do. I love Conan. Yeah. Uh, is it worth me reeling off The Terminator, Red Sonja, Commando, Ordeal, Predator, The Running Man, Twins, Total Recall, Kungan Cop, Terminator 2, Arthur Action Hero, True Lies, Junior, Eraser, Jingle All the Way. My son's one of his obsessions every Christmas. Put the cookies down! <laughs> we, if we don't watch Jingle All the Way, it's not Christmas. Batman and Robin. Mr. Freeze. I don't, yeah. I quite like those uh, Day Glow, Batman and Robin sort of films. Sorry. Val Kilmer. Uh, the Expendables. The, the Expendables 2. The Last Stand. So so in between the Expendables, uh, not the Expendables, in between uh, Batman and Robin uh, and coming back to films, he was doing something else, which we'll talk about in a minute. But you probably all, already all know what he was doing. Um, when he made The Last Stand in 2013, it was his first mm. leading role for 10 years. Now, we, Dave and I watched The Last Stand about two or three weeks ago. And I can remember us going to the cinema to watch it pre-COVID, of course, because it's a long time ago. And I didn't like it so much because Johnny Knoxville's one of the one of the stars of it. And it right. annoyed the, he just annoyed the fuck out of me. Um second watch well actually it's probably like the fifth watch a couple of weeks ago saw it in a totally different light and and gave it it went up from sort of two stars to a good solid four star film for me so really? though yeah really so if you have watched the last stand and you thought meh give it another go give it me? another go never seen it that's why i'm just sitting here mute yeah, so it's, it's, I've got to see that. Yeah, good action film. Uh, Escape Plan. Mm, I had to watch that because Sly's in it. He's got hasn't got a great massive part in it, but it's it's not bad. But one of the best films that Arnie's ever made that a lot of people haven't seen, and it is fucking brutal, violent action. Is mm. 2014's Sabotage. It is an astonishingly Ooh. hardcore film. It it makes you you watch the ac action sequences in it and it as I said it's really violent and you sort of flinch when you are oh ugh. it's one of those oh ow films it, it's good it's a good film sabotage who um, directed that sorry <coughs> sabotage uh well I'd have to look it up and I can't because oh, I don't worry because now it's I don't think it was anybody of no I could be com completely wrong but it is a, it it it's a one of those films that because Arnie made it just when he came back from politics that a lot of people right. have missed out on it. Well worth a watch. Sabotage. Yeah. Really good. That sounds great. Um, Expendables 3. No thanks. What a pile of shit. Maggie. <laughs> very strange film about uh, zombies. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Oh God, why did you do it? And on and on and on it goes to Terminator Dark Fate, um, which I actually didn't mind. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Didn't mind that. Uh, so anyway, um, 2003 to 2011, he was a governor of California. Well, of course mm -hmm. he was, because on April the 22nd, sorry, April the 26th, 
1986, as he was filming Predator, Schwarzenegger married into the royal family of America. He married Maria Shriver and Hyannis Port. Maria Shriver is the niece of JFK. Bloody hell, I didn't know that. Didn't you? No. Yeah, so if if America had a royal family, it would be John Kennedy, uh, you know, the Kennedy clan, even now. I mean, such an incredibly interesting family, massive amounts of money, huge, like tragedies just soaked through with blood it's almost shakespearean that family but can you imagine being a poor little boy from austria born under (sighs) nazi rule who who it would literally in this country be Mm. like i don't know trying to think of a foreign you know b-movie film star marrying uh prince william if he was a girl it, it, it was that big, that big. Yeah. It, it was massive. Um, in 2011, uh, there's been, over the years, there's been a, a lot of accusations against Schwarzenegger that he's been a bit too touchy-feely. And he has always apologised. But he's one of those blokes who, he. I'm not making excuses for him, but he's the sort of bloke who I think um, wouldn't, would just think you were joking. He comes from, you know, another era. So if you say, fuck off, no, don't touch me, you go, ha, 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 and slap your ass a big, a bit harder. He's one of those mm. type. He's like our dad. What do you mean? Why? Oh, you're fucking lesbian. Of course you want it. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And I'm, you know, I'm laughing as I say that. Again, I'm not making excuses for him. But, you know, the odd things come up now and then. Um, so 2011. Shriver and Schwarzenegger ended their relationship after 25 years of marriage. She, they've got, uh, I think they've got four kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she moved out of the mansion because the Times was going to uh, put out the story that they'd found out, God knows how, but they had, that Schwarzenegger had fathered a son 14 years previously with their housekeeper. So she's, this woman is the housekeeper. He shags mm. her. She gets pregnant. She has the baby. The baby grows up in the house with the housekeeper. Oh, bloody hell. And Arnold swears that he didn't know that this child was his. The kid is not my son. <laughs> Dirty Arnold. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the housekeeper's called Patty Biena. You've probably seen, if you look at gossipy things online, Lots of pictures of Joseph, who is uh, Schwarzenegger's son, who he is the spitting image of Arnie. And I just saw re- a picture of him today. Yes, showing off, showing off his abs. Is, yeah, uh, he's, he's came up on my Google search. Well, yeah. it, the reason Maria found out was the kids were all outside playing one day and she looked at Joseph and thought, fuck me, he looks like Arnie. <laughs> and she went to the right. housekeeper and said, listen, Patty, Tell me the truth now. Have you been shagging my husband? And Patty was, oh, Signora, Signora, I have the cock of Arnold in me. I have the cock of Arnold. And she goes, right, I'm out of here. Arnold, is it true? And he goes, yeah. And he swears he didn't know this kid. Who is the image of him? Image. I smell a fish. I smell two fishes. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, so Naughty Arnie. So he didn't mention that he he only confessed to his wife right at the last minute. He must have known all along. He must have done. Keep yeah. your enemies close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, and one thing I read, which was quite horrible, really, but um, so Patty, the housekeeper, had Joseph on October the second, nineteen ninety-seven. And Maria Shriver gave birth to Christopher on the 27th of September, 1997. So there's like a week between the wow. two sons. So he was banging the maid and banging the wife. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. It's all a bit, it's all a bit too much, that, isn't it's it? All, all under bit, the same roof. It's, it's, a bit, it's wrong. Yeah. It's a wrong he, must have, he must have known. But do you know, this sounds terrible. But I'm a weird person. It made me like him more. And and I'll tell you why it made me like him more. <laughs> Arnold, the biggest film star in the world, shags the little fat Mexican maid and has mm-hmm. a baby with her. He doesn't kick her out of the house. He doesn't abandon doesn't her. Doesn't force her into an abortion. Doesn't blackmail her. Doesn't pay her off. Doesn't make her disappear out of his house. He makes her stay there. And he sort of semi brings up the son until it comes out. And then he's a proper father to him. So it's really shit. But at the same time, it's sort of like, oh, Arnie, you are naughty. He's one of those men that you just go, oh, that's terrible. I love you. <laughs> you can imagine what exactly what most guys would have done with yeah. that kind of power, that kind of muscle. Just sort of like, I can't take that kind of embarrassment, that kind yeah. of this, that and the other. And looked after her. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, he did. Yeah. We love you, but you're a bit of a tosser, but we love you anyway. Yeah. So he so he he sort of even though he got Princess Diana, Maria Shriver, right there, gorgeous, <laughs> member of the royal family, fabulously wealthy, m- amazing pedigree, he still preferred <laughs> he still preferred what's a nice Mama Sita. Mama Sita. <laughs> oh baby. And she is like a little Mexican midget. She's got Got a face, as my dad would say, like the lodger's clog. <laughs> she probably pisses in like the lodger's clog. Like a builder's elbow. Yeah, builder's elbow face, and he's still. So so to me, Arnie is a man who's got all the feels, and he doesn't really care what a woman looks like. He just wants to make sweet love to um, me, maybe, yeah. because I'm quite old. <laughs> so there, there endeth my Arnie story. Would you like to share anything with me about Arnold, darling? Oh well, Arnie. Basically, what was the last thing um, he he came out with his class? He's just been recently dropped by one of his uh, bodybuilder sponsors because he's it. so pro his pro, his pro mask his and 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 he's. Uh, basically goes into reams and reams and reams of of, of uh, disgust at people who don't agree mm. with getting the injections, who don't agree with wearing the mask, blah blah blah. And he and he came out with this uh, classic quote, which could be could have been straight out of Predator: "Screw your freedom, America." <laughs> 
and uh, one of his sponsors didn't. Uh, it was a bodybuilding sponsor. Yeah. Didn't, didn't didn't take well to that, and he got dropped. But go go, Arnie, you go. Yeah. They, they, they were calling his comment anti-American, and I couldn't. No, he's just <sighs> saying, he's, he was saying, look after your fellow Americans and yeah. wear a mask. So that's the latest bit of Arnie news. Bless him. Well, so I it's all... I have some interesting Arnie news. And that's uh, Arnie and Sylvester Stallone are going to be in Britain at the end of September at a show in Birmingham. Oh, wow. And you can meet them. And it isn't sort of one of those meet Arnie things. It, it is a bodybuilding um, expo in in Birmingham, in, in the arena in Birmingham. And you can buy, I think it's sold out now, Uh have you got yourself a little ticket there, Tina? Got yourself for, a little treat. For like a couple of grand? <laughs> Fuck no, Amy. Oh no, is it really? Yeah. It's I haven't got two bloody apenies to rub together, girl. <laughs> I've got holes in me knickers. Because I knew can you imagine Dave? Sly's gonna be there and Arnie. And you can meet them and have your photo taken with both of them at the same time. Oh my god. And it's oh only oh it's only god. two and a half I think it's something like two thousand quid. Uh for just for one of them to meet them spend like 15 minutes in a room with them have a photo then they sign the photo um dave's already had an experience with <laughs> sylvester slide they yeah. bless each other yeah 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 he had his photo taken with him and that was it wasn't it wasn't a thousand pound but it wasn't far short of it um which i was pretty oh how much but it was his dream so if uh, Kate Bush ever does the same thing, no matter how much it costs, I'm in there. Oh, I, I'd so be there with you, with Kate Bush, oh, for Kate sure. Bush. I'd probably throw her on the floor and embarrass myself. <laughs> yeah. We'll run up to the stage and just, 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 just grab her legs, start <laughs> kissing her feet, drag, drag her off. <laughs> I'd never let her home again. Play the song for me, Kate. Yeah, so so if you if, oh yeah, if you're one of those lucky people who are going to the um, it's not is it weightlifting or something? Oh, I can't remember. I'm a girl. I don't. I just look at butterflies and dolphins and things, so I don't really know what it That's is. But it's fun. a lot of money, and apparently they're going to be walking around the expo as well, which is impossible when you think about it. Covid, and you know thousands and thousands of people. They are not going to be walking around that arena going hello, hello. Sorry, I mean hello, hello. I'm on. But I mean, is this this two grand a ticket um, money that you pay for a, like a private chat yes. with them in another room? So, so yeah. that that there it's are not, tickets available. It's not so just you, can... you and them. It's it's you and the other people who've paid two thousand pound or however much it is. Oh um, my god, it's crazy money. I, oh yeah, but they, you know, it's normal now. It's normal for stars to do that. There's a I can't what it, an experience with it's called. Uh, they do them in London, Manchester and Birmingham. I know they've done Sly, they've done Arnie and they've done Mel Gibson. And out of those three, Mel would be the one. <laughs> Hello, I've got I've got such a fucking hard on for Mel Gibson. You would not believe. Sorry, uh, where was I? So shall we finish the film aims? Let's, darling. So poor old Arnie's fallen into that water and he's going, oh, Jesus Christ, I'll just swim to the shore. And then he hears a splash behind him. It's a predator. 
he's dived into the water. Mm. Holy shit! No, actually, he goes, Holy shit, what will I do now? I must crawl to the shore. And he's crawling to the shore and he gets covered in mud, which is like a really key bit of the film, is it not? Well, it's and it's also recalling the climax of Apocalypse Now, in which yeah. Willa rises from the steaming swamp yeah. to murder Colonel Kurtz. So it's basically another elite soldier, you know, driven mad by the jungle and by exposure yeah. to war. It was a complete, yeah. you know, another sort of like uh, homage, really, yeah. to um, to Apocalypse Now, which I thought was just really, yeah, it was just like immediately, yep. That's Willard rising from the steaming swamp. Well, do you know, in all honesty, I think you're absolutely right that that he unconsciously McTiernan probably did that with the mud, even though yeah. it was part of the script, the, but the way yeah. he's framed and the steam. But I don't think for a second he thought about <laughs> Colonel Kids. <laughs> But it was such a similar shot, completely, the, the, isn't it? The, 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 the red lighting, the the, the, the the almost the strange calmness of yeah. the river, that yeah. that sort of floating head. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't well, know. yeah. Oh, so. What oh, and ends, in the meantime, well, in the meantime, we flash back to the predator just before he ju he jumps in the water. We forgot to mention that we see him drag Billy up a tree and yes. pull out his uh, pull out his skull and spine as a trophy. Yeah, starts waving it around. Waving it around and going... Or was that just in my head? No, no. <laughs> no, he definitely starts swinging it around. Um, yeah, like... Oh, just something out of Cannibal Holocaust again. Just it is, it is that, that little bit... It is just like, uh, oh, it doesn't make you think of those horrible 70s sort the of... 70s. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. So, but I love it. So in this case, the screenplay, like you said before, has robbed us of the expected victorious killing of the villain, you know, at the hands of the hero. Doesn't Dutch even hold, hold up on stoning the predator? Yeah. It was almost sort of like... I'm not gonna. This is this is gonna be fair. We're yeah. soldiers. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. We have no TikTok. We can we can make it as long and short as we like, darling. Oh, good. Yeah. Because oh, God knows we talk enough, don't we? <laughs> so as Arnie's stuck in the tree, almost crucified by fear, not only. Yeah. He looks like he's being nailed to that tree. He doesn't breathe. He's covered in mud. And then he sees the predator pass by him, sort of with his invisibility cloak on that comes yeah. off again. And he realises that mud has saved him, that he can't see him with the mud on him. So yeah. he forms a plan and we go back into A-team mode again. So this part of the film, John McTiernan, in the commentary says that it was all filmed in LA and it wasn't in the original script. They didn't know how to end the film. They, did, they didn't know what to do at the end. They knew it was going to be some sort of battle between good and evil, between yes. Arnie and the Predator. None of it was written. He, he just came, he came yeah. up with it. Just like... Booby. It's sort of like, let's, let's booby trap the jungle. Yeah. Let's, like, like the end of... Um, um, 
oh god, Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's let's booby trap everywhere. Yeah. That seems to be a way to kill off a killer. Yeah. Well, what yeah. do they do? Yeah, booby trap jungle. <laughs> but this, it was almost when the film actually begun for me. For a lot of people, it was it just <laughs> that was that was the brilliance of how it just turned from like a commando stalk and slash to something completely weird and yeah. out there. Yeah. This could have been a strange five minute short, almost yeah. surreal. Yeah. Yeah, and Arnie was fantastic in yeah. these closing scenes. It was really like he started to show his acting chops. Yeah, properly. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. There's nobody else there, and you think yeah. if he was going to fall down, it would be now because he's by himself. Yeah, but he really acts because he sort of looks up at the predator, doesn't he? Because the predator's coming after him. He's been clobbered by a few things. Yeah, they, he's run away. The mud has come off him. Uh, yeah. The predator's coming after him and he's going, come on, come on, kill me, kill I'm me, here. Kill me. What a line, that was I'm amazing. Here. And you really believe him, yeah. Yeah, you absolutely do. And he, and the way he acts, even though it's only a line, he's totally believable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. predator sort of goes, no, I'm not fucking going underneath that spiky thing. I'm going to go over the top and kill you. But luckily, <laughs> Arnie's got another booby trap set up. And he yes. presses that. Well, no, he kicks, doesn't he? He kicks a log and another log squashes the predator. Oh, that was it. It falls down on a kind of, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What, yeah. What, 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 I'm not a man. I don't know how what these things he, are called. How did he do it? I mean, he was by himself, by himself in the jungle. He hadn't got a hammer or nails. <laughs> Shouldn't even he even think about he, it. He, he knew what he was doing. This yeah. is what he was trained for. He was trained for, for, for it. For, Booby trapping devices with made out of stone and and wood, <laughs> wood and old underpants, <laughs> and Billy's cock because he doesn't need Billy, it anymore. Billy, let me lose your cock for final yes. scene. <laughs> Billy, got to chop it off, Billy. Thank you, and we use we'll use this razor blade that what's his name left? Whose name I've now forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> So, so now we're right at the end of the film. We're right at the end of the right film. Right at the yes. end of the film. So, so probably one of the best endings of a film for me because you think this could just go, oh, Predator's dead. You'll go to the helicopter, but something happens with the alien that takes it into um, almost David Lynch land for me with this one totally. line. Uh, so Dutch thinks, oh, thank God it's all over. And then he, he hears a bit of a rustle and he thinks, you think, oh, God, is it still alive after that huge tree fell on it? But no, he's been, the, the predator has been squashed. Yeah. And Arnie looks over at him, over the thing that squashed him and sees the predator's face. And he's covered in the day glow green blood. And Arnie looks at him and he's like, what the hell are you? And yeah. then the predator the says, says back to him, what the hell are hell you? Are and that, that just, I think it's, it's it genius. It was so sad. I yeah. found it so sad, that ending. But I think that one line turns it into a completely different film. Totally. Well, doesn't it? It, 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 go, it of, goes into lynch land. Yeah. 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 It, because you go, oh, hang on a minute. That predator, it, it's got feelings and it doesn't know what we are. In the same yeah. way, we don't know what it it is, and it's and it's brilliant, McTiernan again subverting the classic Hollywood blockbuster tradition. So it's basically Dutch's victory mm. is feeling more like a loss. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's so it's not bad, you know, for what easily could have been just another B movie about sweaty yeah. guys admiring each yeah. other's guns. There's, yeah. there's something to be said. I think uh, the screenwriters Jim and John Thomas even toyed with the idea of uh, killing off Arnie. Mm. Apparently, whether or not Arnie or the Predator would actually die in the film was a major topic during script revisions, I think he said, but it wouldn't have been a satisfactory Hollywood ending unless the monster gets it in the end. I think they were definitely toying with the idea of killing off Dutch, which would have left an even bigger fuck off message. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but, but I like the idea where they were headed with the script. So, so, you know, everything that we've basically spoken about is is, is not lost on where I think they were striving, you know, where, where, you know, the, the, the point that you know the, the futility of war etc etc yeah, yeah because there, there's nothing there's nothing victorious at the end it's just a knackered dutch yeah yeah and you uh, see going it as well because he, yeah he's just like standing there sort of yeah. like oh what oh i suppose i better go to the helicopter and even knowing that he's in the helicopter it's quite it's almost a bit nihilistic in a way isn't it yeah um, yeah and then we're already in Lynchville. It it expands on it further with the credits, which are these Brewster McLeod straight out of corn-fed 1950s America uh, credits. Where I you couldn't get, believe them. No. I, where you get each character looking into the camera and laughing a little bit and shaking their gun like... Yeah, the only person who doesn't do it is Arnie. Arnie, he's the he's, only one who doesn't do it. He remains yeah. stuck in the film. Yes, I like that forever. So the, all the rest are sort of like smile over the credit to take your bows, like a community sort of theatre play. But <laughs> Arnie, Arnie's the one remaining in character. I found. <laughs> Uh, what was that? And do you know what else I, f- I find really grating? And I'm t- really trying to like it, but the alien in the end gives off this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evil laugh, and I'm and I'm really trying to like it, but it's it really grated on me because it was so camp. But then again, let's just add it all up to you know. Yeah. Well, you the know, rest of the camp I've, I've just thought of another character that does that in a in a. A film round about then. It's it's the Emperor Ming in Flash yes. Gordon. He does, doesn't he? Does does Dracula laugh in which Dracula film isn't it is just it? A, isn't it just every other Hammer horror film? It was just sort of like, what <laughs> oh, has the oh, Predator oh. been watching lately? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like the evil laugh. Oh, hang on, I've turned the Predator fucking Austrian. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, where were we? Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so, so basically, it's 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 balls to the wall. It's brilliant. I think I think you can either appreciate it as like gratuitous popcorn. Yeah. I don't know, a, a, a straight action sci-fi, or you know, da, 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 the anti-warfare film. A part of me truly believes it to be. Do you really think that as well? Do you really think it, that they purposely made a bit of part of, of me? Part of yeah, me believes it's yeah. anti-war. Well, talking about it, I the think fu- even... The futility of it all. Yeah, Sorry, just on. sort of like... Yeah, absolutely. I think when you watch it, I think with age as well, mm. you sort of look back on it and, and go, yeah, it's yeah, it's like uh, the Anna bit as well, you know, the, the fact that she's not sexualized 
is really yeah. important. Just, I don't think McKeon knew what he'd got on his hands, really. And I don't think a lot of people who, who watch Predator really know that it is a rather a subversive film in a lot of ways, isn't it? The messages in it. I think I think whether they, I mean, I I think McTeen and, and the, the the writing crew knew exactly what what they were doing, but because of you know because there's so much more writing now about you know feminist issues attached to certain sort of action movies, monsters, this that and the other. When you do your homework, I think like we've discussed through this uh, podcast, there's so much you can pounce on by going, oh, that is definitely. That's definitely meaning this. That's definitely meaning that, and and it, and it's for, it's a forward-thinking film yeah. in that sense. It wasn't because it's subversive. It yeah. literally mixed up so many genres, yeah. and all the different genres have their own politics you know, attached to them. Yeah, yeah. So so there's you can take a deep dive into it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so initially when I suggested it, you did pull the face a little bit, and you're a bit. Oh, I, no, I know. I know. Changed your mind? Very much so. Yeah. I was, I, like I said before, I was thrilled to see it again after all those years. Yeah. Always had a soft spot for Arnie. Sorry, everyone, for saying he was wooden and a bit crap. I <laughs> always, always had a soft spot for Arnie, and he yeah. was perfectly cast in this yeah. film. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's just an absolute shitload of stuff to discuss about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it stands up for me as well, watching it again. I've always really liked it. And having a son, it was uh, one of those films that I've seen. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen it. But again, you know, it's one of those films that, interestingly, I've watched so many times or just caught snatches of. But when you actually sit down and watch it... Yeah, there's an, a lot more to this film that you first think, and, and I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening to this will go, "What the fuck are you two talking about?" But I urge you actually to just go back and just you know think about a few of the things that we've said. You know, like also, the, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, and also the predator um, doesn't go after anyone who's um, unarmed. Yeah, it's only the armed uh, yeah. people. Um, yeah. Doesn't go after the woman. Doesn't go. Um, so, so it's yeah, it's a ba- it's a battle of wits. There's nothing in- incredibly monstrous about this predator. That, that there is a there is a you know a man to man kind of like you know. A kind of respect, um, soldier style type mm. of respect going on. So we, so we we can't demonise this villain at all. So it makes it a very awkward sitting on the fence sort of ending, doesn't it? With sort of they... like, and Arnie just going off de- defeated. This was this is nothing victorious at all. And there there was a lot of sympathy that yeah. can come from that. Uh, that alien sort of like going, oh, oh. just no, it was uh, brilliant to have rewatched it. And uh, and even if you're not a huge Arnie fan, fan, even this is a film you know so worth checking out. Yeah, and unfortunately, the other Predator films, even Ed- uh, Editor Predator versus Alien, <laughs> totally shits on uh, the legacy of Predator. I mean, I I can't go into it in detail. I have seen all the Predator films. I've seen all the Alien films. And I have seen the Alien versus Predator films as well, unfortunately for me. And I had high hopes for that Shane Black Predator film. 
and again you know testament to it and I again you know my excuse is that I do have to watch an awful lot of films and they yep. have to be outstanding for me to remember them much like we talked about dinner in America I can remember it so well oh I can't with you, really can't remember yep. The last Predator film can't remember the 2018 Predator. Can't remember a thing about it, except that I find Adrian Brody rather attractive. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, really. That's it. That's Apart it. From that, put the kettle on. Yeah. Terrible, isn't it? No, that's actually Predators, isn't it? I think I may have even got the wrong Predator film. I think that might be the Adrian Brody one. Might be the one before Shane Black. Oh, God. Do you know what? I can't remember. And who cares anyway? Who cares? Who cares? So, so Amy, before uh, before we talk <laughs> about the next film we're going to talk about, I'm just going to do some housekeeping. Okay. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. Look out on our Twitter for lots of competitions. I'm not sure how many we've got on at the moment. This, every week, Dave is putting two or three competitions on to win DVDs or luxury hampers full of Sunny Langham porn <laughs> videos and stuff like that. Uh, we have a website, as most of you know, which is www.60mw.co.uk, which is full of... Um, don't do that, you're putting me off. Excuse me, everyone, I will start again. She's trying to make me laugh and is very naughty. Wheel yourself to the back door again, you bad girl. Be quiet. I wish you could see what I'm looking at now, honestly. She needs help. She really does. She really does. So our website is www. Don't look at me. Put your head down. www.60mw.co.uk where we have all about 20 million reviews, all the new reviews, game reviews, blah, blah, blah. Naked pictures of Dave. A very nice naked picture of Chris Jellyman that he doesn't know that Amy took of him last week that we may or may <laughs> stop laughing. Uh, so, it, right, Amy, come back. Come back. <laughs> Wheel her back. Wheel her back. Wheel her back in the room. Yes, I'm back. I'm back. So, so Amy has picked our film for next time and we would love for you, anybody, to email us uh, the email address, there's a contact form on the website. Tell us that we were talking a complete load of shit or that Amy and I use far bigger words than you can possibly understand. And Predator isn't anti-war, but is in fact <laughs> sexual terror. Hang on a minute. I've got to play <laughs> this again. Oh, yeah. Bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Please email Just us like with you. your views. That would be lovely. But, um... If you have any suggestions for films for us to cover as well, but uh, our next film has already been picked by our beautiful Amy Simmons. Amy, tell us about the film we're going to talk about. The classic erotic thriller, Fatal Attraction, starring Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. And it's one of my favourite erotic thrillers. There were a few around at the time, <laughs> weren't there, Tina? Yes. But it's one of those films that, uh, so, so we're, yeah, we're, we're delving a bit away from the jungle now and we're arriving in um, a, a very sexy, uh, <laughs> very odd place in the, in the, what's it called? 
the meat cutting district yeah. in New York, yeah. in, in Glenn Close's fabulous apartment, and all yeah. the stuff they get up to. Anyway, I've, I've got, I am busting to talk about this film, and uh, I know Tina is too. So um, very much looking forward to the next time. Very much, yeah. Really looking forward to it. Uh, so, if there's anything you've got to say, positive or negative, please drop us an email, and we'll completely ignore you. So it's goodbye. <laughs> we won't. We always answer emails. And actually, you know, even if, you know, we, we really value feedback as well. And we had some amazing feedback for the first one. I think a lot of people who listened to it or saw that we were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey may have been put off because they would have seen two women talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. And, but the feedback we had off people who listened to it um just really liked it because we love film and if we think we something we is adore shit, it yeah we we will say it and you know we've got you know we have got very strong opinions about it haven't we amy for sure as you've heard <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, and, and many many thanks uh for, for having me on board this has just been well just a fantastic experience tina so we're gonna hopefully be doing one, one a month aren't we one well yeah, if you're lucky i mean i might sh- i might actually have to sack you because you're a cheeky bitch and i had to make you sit in the corner twice <laughs> <laughs> I rolled away in shame. I'm. I'm hope you're going to be sitting at that desk forever now. So when you're naughty, I can say wheel away. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> There's just one thing I have to ask you before I say goodbye, and that's: Have you got any mayonnaise in your knickers? Yes. <laughs> What if people don't understand the joke? They'll have to. If Maybe you don't I'll understand, look, I'll just look, look like a right, a right filth bag. You are, but yeah, though. I do. If you if you don't understand that joke, why didn't you listen to episode one? Yeah. Get on it now. So it's goodbye from lovely Tina, and it's goodbye. Blah, 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 <laughs> goodbye from Amy. Thank goodbye. you very much for having us. <laughs>